This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Mike White, and you can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, more of our podcasts at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts, and you can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And finally, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer, where you can pledge a minimum of $1 per month for exclusive audio content recorded specifically for Patreon supporters, and at $5 dollars you can get uh, uh exclusive commentary tracks and at the ten dollar level you go you'll oh my god you'll get early access to audio like that just m- massive screw up of <laughs> of audio that i just delivered to you um <laughs> and uh so yeah i'm you i'm one of your aforementioned hosts oh my god matt hurt and with me today is recurring co-host michael white yeah, I'm back. Yeah, the man behind for- the mask. <laughs> You're back for a very special episode. That this might end up actually being a bonus episode. Um, oh, okay. Why bonus? Yeah. Um, because I have a recording scheduled tomorrow with Ben that I need oh, okay. to get that recorded and released okay. immediately because it's about Heartland and Heartland was like four years ago um, at this point. <laughs> So will, is this, will this one come out on my birthday? Will it this will. one come out on Friday? Yes. Oh, yes. <gasps> so, yeah. This is a special episode. It is a everybody. very special episode. So not only is it being released on Friday the 13th, it's being released on Friday the 13th, which is the day of your birth. <laughs> it is also my birthday and my mother's birth day. Is it really? No, not the day she was born, but she gave birth that day to me. Oh, <laughs> I, I just that, said I've had a new like it's kind of like a joke it's a stupid joke it's kind of a dad joke but like I do with my students is like my mom did more work than I did so really we should celebrate her we should celebrate moms on our birthday I kind of love that it was their birthing day <laughs> oh that Whatever. is awesome. it is yeah so it's my birthday today if you're listening to this today on Friday Friday the 13th. It's yes. also my birthday. We only got two this year. We had one in March, mm-hmm. uh, and shit got real creepy after March 13th. Yep. And then uh, here we are in November, recording this a couple days before my birthday, my 34th. Yes, and uh, I love... So I'm a big fan of my birthday. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a big fan of the day, Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. not only because of the movies we're going to be talking about today, but right. um, because I feel like I get a little special birthday every few years. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Huh. Like everybody has birthdays, but I get a Friday the 13th every now yes. and then. Uh, I had awesome. one five years ago. My next one's not for six years. And then after that, it's 11 years. Oh, God. So I could die before I get a new one of these. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That is, that is pretty special. I was going to yeah. say it's kind of interesting how the two friday the 13th this year bookend each other in unique ways because yeah shut down and 
uh, eviction for. I mean, <laughs> for if you Trump. could chart the mood of of the two of me on the two Friday the thirteenth mm-hmm. this year, uh, it's pretty extreme, pretty elaborate. Yeah, but you can listen to more of that nonsense and everything over on the Patreon feed. <laughs> Yeah, we touched on it briefly. Well, briefly, yeah. Um, <laughs> but speaking of Patreon feeds, before we get too deep into the weeds uh, on this episode, Mike, uh, you and Dustin launched a Patreon uh, page for your band, As Good As It Gets. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, and I would intertwine love to. Thank, thank you so your much. conversation with the details of the Let me give you some details. making uh, postmodern. Man, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. thank you. Those are song titles, by the way, from our yeah. album Modern yeah. Parlance. <laughs> um, now I'll say goodbye you. to your to 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 you as you go ahead and do this. There it is. Okay, look at you. I swear, I'm done. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> are you gonna let me do this or? Yes. Uh, yeah. So thank you for that lead in. Um, mm-hmm. my bandmate, uh, Dustin and I, we started a Patreon, launched our first Patreon. We're kind of calling it our fan club. Uh, the as good as it gets fan club and super fan club. Uh, so we only, it's pretty simple. We just have two tiers. One is the $1 tier where you get a newsletter every month. And it's basically your just your way to say, Hey, I listen to your music. Here's a little bit of money every now and then. Um, and we appreciate that so much. The $3 level is kind of the real thing. That's the super fan level. Um, and that gives you one exclusive acoustic a bonus song recorded new for the Patreon once a month. And so like we take uh, some old songs of ours that were generally full band songs and we kind of rework them into acoustic songs. Uh, and I'm pretty excited. We did one of our songs from when we were in a band called Thank You Jade called uh, He's Keith Lipke and You're Not. And then we just a couple weeks ago, or maybe a week ago uh release another song called goodbye which i wrote in like 2002 uh and i kind of and i kind of re-upped it so uh i actually messaged matt that song and said um you know we just started this patreon patreon page so we don't have a whole lot of of patrons yet uh and i was kind of like man i hate that i'm wasting this song uh on just a couple of patrons uh so early on so i actually let matt hear the song but it's out and and the only way to hear it is to uh be friends with me for about 15 years and then uh or sign up for a patreon and uh, i'd really appreciate it uh if you did yeah, and to your point about uh, having just a couple of people on Patreon and everything, like as that number grows, like the people that are listening to this, that will be like, "Oh, I'm gonna check out Mike's Patreon." It's like they will have a backlog of stuff to go through. So, right. yes. yeah. So, um, yeah. Already, um, you know, you you do one for three dollars, and it gives you access to the to the old songs. So you mm-hmm. can you can get in there right away and get those songs. Yep. For sure. Awesome. And I heavily endorse the musical stylings of you and Dustin. And, uh, and yeah, and I'm a huge fan and I'm super excited for this endeavor, um, that you are embarking upon. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's at patreon.com slash as good as it gets. And, uh, yeah, go, uh, check that out. Okay. So. All right. We've teased it long enough. We have. We've so, teased it long enough. <laughs> so, uh, Trump lost. Re- I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, no. 
What are we talking about today, Maddie? We I have been asking for this episode since we started the podcast. Yes, and here's the thing. So we're ta- we're talking about the Friday the Thirteenth franchise in honor of uh, Scream Factory's just bonkers stacked set of immaculate? the entire immaculate? franchise. Huh? Yeah. Im- is it immaculate? Yeah, I, this box set. I mean, yeah. it's sterling. It is. It is amazing. Just, just the artwork alone is like beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's funny. Like this. Okay, so this big box set came out uh, in September or October. Uh-huh. Yeah, September. Yep, it was September. And uh, and it, it it's from Screen Factory. Yes, I got mine too. <laughs> Um, it's from Scream Factory and it, uh, so they had put out, I mean, they put out a lot of stuff and everything, but six years ago, six or seven years ago, they put out the Halloween box set, which we covered the franchise proper, um, back in 2014. (laughs) So this is kind of a nice, like companion piece to that recording that we did six or seven years ago or however long it was. Um, because yeah, this is, uh, similar in Stature and uh, completionist <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, so, Scream so, yeah. Factory and Shout Factory—they're—they're they're kind of known for taking um, these kind of old and and often out of print um, movies, and then Scream Factory horror movies, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of re-releasing them and and buffing them up, and um, you know, getting a lot of new features and a lot of cool mm-hmm. features uh and giving really great prints of films I, i've ordered quite a few uh from screen factory but nice. I, I think kind of their crown jewels uh well the crown jewel last couple of years uh was that halloween box set mm-hmm. since then people have been kind of wondering if another another box set like that mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that box set by the way franchise like if, if you look on amazon or ebay Mostly Amazon, like like that Halloween box set is selling for like it's on like eight hundred and some dollars. I know, yeah. I know, I know. It's like if my kids, <laughs> like if they need to pay for books for a semester, <clears throat> we could just sell the. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like it's I, awesome. I I love yeah. that, and and it was part of why I didn't hesitate at all to spend one hundred and eighty dollars mm-hmm. on this on this new Friday Thirteenth box set. Yeah. So we have also discussed really at length um, kind of the legal issues going on with Friday the 13th. And, and unfortunately, there's no new update. Mm-hmm. They're still um, in appeals court and still trying to figure that out. So Jeez. I'm a little I'm kind of surprised that we got this now. That mm-hmm. was kind of the big question is how do you take this franchise that a um, not only was owned by both Paramount and then New Line Cinema over the years. So mm-hmm. it's, so it's several movies over, um, three different, uh, production companies. So Paramount Jeez. and then New Line Cinema and then Paramount, but uh, Platinum Dunes mm-hmm. over, over time. Yeah. Um, but then now also there's this legal battle over the title Friday the 13th and who owns the rights to the story, yeah. uh, between Victor Miller, uh, and Horror Inc., which is Sean Cunningham, the, the original producer director. Mm-hmm. So to get this box set as amazing as it is, again, in the midst of the legal stuff, it just, it feels like a horror film fan's dream. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. 
Oh yeah. Like I, so I came to the, uh, I came around to buying the box set. I was on the fence about it because like when I bought the Halloween set, I mean, that was, that was a perfect confluence of events. Like it was like, I was all in on just Halloween as a, as a concept. (laughs) Like I love (laughs) Halloween and I knew like I didn't, I hadn't watched the whole, the whole franchise of Halloween before I bought the set. Like I had seen Halloween, Halloween two, H two O, right, and the Rob Zombie movies. Um, and so I had enough, I had enough confidence that I liked the franchise <laughs> to buy that box set. And with Friday the Thirteenth, I vaguely remember seeing the first one, and I saw Jason X and the remake. And like, I, I honestly, yes. And I honestly, I did not have like any strong opinions about them. Like in my memory, like before I bought this set. Yeah. Um, I, I was just like, you know, sure. I, I know Mike is a huge fan. I just, I didn't have that kind of, um, I wouldn't even say affinity for it. Cause it was like, I did, I didn't necessarily have an opinion about it. Um, so I, I bought the box set kind of for two reasons. One, um, because you're a huge fan of Friday the 13th and I trust your judgment. (laughs) And two, uh, just, I mean, Scream Factory bought a lot of goodwill with me with that Halloween set. So, um, and I'm a sucker for a big box set like that. So, um, yeah, for sure. And wow, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I I mean, I guess I did know that, but man, mm-hmm. you really took a leap of faith with this box set. I, I mean, did. In their favor, it's a gorgeous box set, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. it's a collector's item, you know. And if you don't like it, save it for several years, and you can sell it for eight hundred dollars. <laughs> right. I honestly, I I toyed with the idea. I <laughs> I thought about like. You know, if I have like an extra like 150 bucks laying around at some point, maybe I'll buy like another copy and just kind of buy like one save and flip it. it. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but yeah, like I, I, it was a big leap of faith. And to be completely honest with you, um, like a day or two before it arrived, I thought like, I, I'm I'm just gonna cancel it. <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh no! Really? Yeah, wow. I really thought about it because I was like. It's, I don't, cause like I kept making like excuses for myself. Like I don't have all the, I don't have enough time. Like I'm going to want to dive into the full set and everything, but I've got all this other stuff going on and everything. And then I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it cause it looks cool and I'm working from home a considerable amount of time now. So I'll have time to watch them. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so it was a gamble and it paid off cause I was extremely impressed. Um, it, it's, one of those, and we won't get into it, and I won't get into it here, but as like a little teaser, like these movies, um, I don't, I can't articulate why, like, I don't know if there is, there is a, uh, cohesive reason why, but for some reason, watching these movies at this time, um, in this format, in this way with this collection, just scratched an itch that I did not know I had. Like at oh, all. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, it was like it because they, they they're fun. They're frankly they're pretty. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like 
like, I don't want to come across, like, this is going to have a negative connotation, but I don't intend it to no, be. No, that's but, like, okay. We don't, yeah. yeah. You but, don't like, have to mince words or be careful. I, like, yeah. I know what these movies are. Well, I, well, I want, I just want to be careful because I don't, I, 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 they're low, um, I, I, uh, I don't know. Like, they're, they're low commitments. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, like, yeah. It is something that by the third or fourth one I was watching, I was like, this, like, I know exactly what this movie, what these movies are now. Like, I know that they are, they're slash, they're pure, like, slasher films. And Mm -hmm. they're delivering what I want out of a slasher, slasher, like, series without bogging it down with, you know, at least for the most part, without bogging it down with, like, like exposition and, and story and mythology and lore and everything. It's like Jason is a dude in a hockey mask killing, killing teen, horny teenagers. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, you and I kind of texted each other about this, mm-hmm. um, kind of as you were going through your journey through the yeah. box set. And, and I think we kind of both agree the popularity of it is kind of a surprise and it's yeah. also confusing. And as much as I have read about Friday the 13th and I feel like I've read everything I've ever heard of about mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, I can't find a good, like I would love an academic paper about why, what was it about the cultural zeitgeist? Like what hole did it fill and how did they keep so, I mean, it's the probably the most obvious piece of horror trivia, mm-hmm. second maybe only to Captain Kirk is the Michael Myers mask from Halloween, right. that Jason is not the killer for the first movie. Mm-hmm. It's obviously his mother, Pamela Voorhees. Um, and then in the second movie, Jason doesn't have the hockey mask. Right. He really doesn't get the hockey mask until, I, I don't know, 60 minutes into the third movie. Mm-hmm. How did it, how did it sustain really some low budget, mm. just not great movies? Right. Um, really don't deserve, you know, those first three movies, while I love, and we'll talk about them as, as, as we go. Oh, two yeah. is, two is, you know, in my top three. Um, it didn't deserve, if we just got those first three movies, it does not deserve the life it's it's had. Uh, yeah. And then somewhere along the line, it just came, became this 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 pop cultural zenith. And I don't understand it. And mm-hmm. I've and I've never seen anybody able to adequately explain how. Yeah, and and I think my kind of uh, I don't know li- <laughs> my uh, limited knowledge of the franchise. I'll say that, um, and its impact, frankly. Um, my kind of thought was that they came out in such quick succession. So like they were pumping them out like every year or so, I think. Um, yeah. So by the third the movie, four. yeah. Yeah. By the third movie, it's like three years with a Friday, the 13th movie each year. And it, it did ride <laughs> like what I find more, maybe more interesting is the question of how that first one was a success when it's a like an unapologetic ripoff of Halloween. Um, yeah. And it's just, right. it's yeah. And like, that's something when I started that first one, um, I was like, I did not realize like, cause I knew that it, I knew that it was a, a response to Halloween, like that, that the movie was made after Halloween was a success and it was capitalizing right. on that success. And, right. 
I, but I didn't know just like that opening scene is that it's Halloween at a camp. Um, totally. <laughs> like it totally. is, that is 100% what it is. And I like, I found myself cause like, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe, maybe I'm growing up, but <laughs> I didn't find myself nitpicking it or being pedantic about it or anything like that. I was just like, yeah, this is a campy fun slasher movie. Like I'm going to enjoy this for what it is. Um, well, so, yeah. and I think aside from that, it's their their slasher movies, hulking guys in masks. Mm-hmm. After the first movie, that's kind of where the similarities to Halloween end. Yeah. Um. And and I think I've said this before on the podcast. As much as I love the first Halloween movie, I, I mean, I think I think it's a, a horror masterpiece. It's mm-hmm. it's my number one or number two favorite movie, depending on the time of year. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think any of the sequels come even close to as good as any of the Friday the 13th movies. That, uh, that's maybe okay. not true. I mean, okay. H2O is probably better than some. But, uh, you know, as a franchise, I easily, without question, put this higher than the Halloween franchise. Wow. Yeah. It's... It's it's really interesting because one of the things that I I find myself kind of craving a little bit is a a, a more robust horror franchise. So like I what I, what I would like to see and maybe you can key me into the right franchise to to go into but like yeah. I feel like the kind of nature of horror franchising in particular seems kind of contingent on a piecemeal kind of thing like going going movie to movie retconning stuff like there's no there's the like each entry and this isn't a dig on the genre or anything but it seems like each each entry is its own unique thing that is a patchwork of the mythology that came before it to fit whatever vision the filmmaker had for the new one so like I would like to see a franchise that goes like f- full on like deep mytho- mythological like lore of its backstory and everything spanning several movies and everything. I don't know if that exists. <laughs> I mean the paranormal activity movies. I thought of I thought of that. I did. And I'll I'll go back and rewatch them eventually. Um Yeah. They're yeah. not great. I I I agree with yeah. you and I think that you know the the obviously the high watermark is what the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. can do with long form long yeah. form storytelling in in movies and that's that's such a beacon mm-hmm. right that's so far off in, in, in the distance yeah. um but then when you get movies like Paranormal Activity they just drop the ball after a while yeah. what i kind of want I feel like we're jumping to the end of what we want for Friday the 13th here. What I <laughs> we'll kind of want is just to see, um, I want to see Jason treated as like this revenant, um, who is, it, who, like, when Friday the 13th is at its best, it's when they play with him as a campfire legend. Yes. Right? And yes. he, and he comes back and then I, I kind of hate, I don't hate, but, um, <laughs> You know, when you talk about the formula, like the formula of having to figure out how to kill Jason at the end of every mm-hmm. movie, that can go away. We don't need that. Nobody needs that. Yeah. And so I think I, I think I said, I recommended to you, you, you really have to read Nick Antosca's Friday the 13th 3D script. 
Okay. And I, that's yeah. so, like, that's really hard to get people to, like, read a film script. I don't know why anybody <laughs> would want to do that. But, like, if, you, if you've if you gone through this box set and, mm. and you just want a little bit more and you want to see, like, how this could be done really well in a new way, it's one of the best things. I mean, it would be... I would love that movie. Nice. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll pick your brain about that when we get to that sure. movie, but I'm, I'm curious. Um, but yeah, uh, so overall, I really enjoyed the box set. <laughs> and yeah, good. Yeah, even the, even the lower entries that I, I, cause I was like dreading getting into like Jason X and, um, even to an extent, I, I wasn't looking forward to like Jason Goes to Hell or Manhattan. Yeah. But right. I found enjoyment in those in a surprising way. So we'll talk about that. There's more. enough charm. They're mm-hmm. they're better than the Curse of Michael Myers. Yeah. Or Halloween Five. I mean, and I far think that that's away. that's why I kind of feel like it's a um it's a weird double edged sword um, or double edged machete, if you will. Machete. But um, right, right. <laughs> uh, like. What I, what I like about those Halloween sequels, granted it's been a while since I've seen like five and six, but I appreciate what they attempted to do with like the lore and the, and the backstory. Like I think that that was on paper an interesting wrinkle to put into, to the Michael Myers like, like, uh, journey or whatever, but just executed just horrifically bad. Um, yeah. And whereas, Friday the 13th, we don't really get that except for a little bit in one of the movies. Um, and that's it. And I just really appreciate it for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to do this kind of crash course style, which yes. is funny because I've wanted to do this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have also listened to, uh, like I said, just about every Friday the 13th podcast I can find. And there are some <laughs> podcasts that are strictly dedicated to Friday the 13th episodes. Mm-hmm. There's uh, In Voorhees We Trust with Gorley right. and Rust, mm-hmm. which did one uh, an episode of, per movie. Uh, there's this guy's called the, the Pod and the Pendulum. I listen to theirs. There's okay. another one I listen to, and I can't remember the name. Shout out to them. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> And I listened to, uh, now playing the kind of their first retrospective was the Friday the 13th mm-hmm. retrospective. Um, and so I, I mean, I would love to do a single episode on a, every film, but obviously that's, that's not right. feasible. Um, so we're going to try to do our best. But like I said, this, I, I, I'm pretty excited to, uh, try my, try my hand at something I've, I've, you know, a, a form of media I've consumed several times. Yeah. Yeah, would you say that these movies, this might be a loaded question, because I know that, like, one year on the year in review episode, uh, like, you, like, we talked about, like, like, uh, counting movies that we watch in the background and stuff, and, like, you had said, like, oh, you watched one of the Friday the 13th movies on, like, a loop in your free periods at work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you didn't count that because it wasn't the full attention or whatever. But what I'm getting at right. is, would, would you say, are these movies, where would these movies land on a list of like the most watched movies of Mike White? Um, the f- f- part four, t- uh, not really titled part four, but the final chapter. Um, it's hard to say because mm-hmm. obviously pre 2008, 
which I mentioned on this podcast several times before, is when I started keeping track of my movie list. Mm-hmm. Like, before 2008, my number one is probably Happy Gilmore, and yeah. it's probably still Happy Gilmore. Okay. Just, you know, the the age I was when you watch movies constantly. Right. But since then, and and to, to your question, um, when I work on my yearbook... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the yearbook advisor at school, and so I, like mine are the last eyes that see the pages before we submit them. So like as I'm submitting them, I always put a Friday the Thirteenth. It's kind of my annual tradition to have one on. So okay. um, I've been doing yearbook for seven years. Jeez, seven years. And so, mm-hmm. wow. And so I've probably watched, you know, I'll probably watch part four <laughs> twice. Mm-hmm. Times seven, plus the two or three times I've just sat down to watch it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, part four is certainly in my top five movies ever watched. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's number one. I, I like. I, I hate to. I hate to like give the crown to um, to Happy Gilmore, but I, right. I can't imagine I've watched anything more than I used to watch Happy Gilmore when I was in fifth grade. You know wow. what I mean? Oh yeah. In a in a very weird way, I'm kind of the same way with uh, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan when I was in junior high. <laughs> um, yeah. Like there yeah. was there were weeks where like I watched that every single day after work. Or every after day school. after school. Yeah. Every day after school. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Me too. Me too. Um, Happy Gilmore every single day. Yep. Um, now, if you look at my letterbox, number one is Halloween because mm-hmm. I I always give that the attention. I watch it just about every year on Halloween, uh, and I keep track of that. But yeah, I got to the point where I was like, I'm not actually watching Friday the Thirteenth because I'm submitting yearbook pages, so I mm-hmm. kind of stopped counting those. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, when I'm submitting yearbook pages, I probably watch. Eight of them. Okay. And maybe hmm. maybe a couple of them twice. Wow. Huh. Yeah. They're just uh, and they're just on. Yeah. While it's, I'm it's working. white noise. It's yeah. It's white noise. And and I'll <laughs> dance around. I'll I'll be like, eh, somebody somebody mentioned part five on my Twitter, so I'll start with part five. <laughs> you might say it's Mike White Noise. Hey now. Look at that. <laughs> Um, Love I'm it. looking at your stats on Letterboxd, by the way. Sure. Um, yeah, all-time stats. Which, by the way, interesting. we have made it clear that there is no contest this year. I just, yeah, I agree. I agree. There is no contest. There is no contest. But I would say I'm obviously, I'm, I'm winning an, a lot right now. Um, I've won this a lot. <laughs> If you stop the count now, yes, <laughs> I think we're tied. Actually, uh, unless you watched something you. today, you what? Did you watch something today or yesterday? Uh, yesterday I watched Seven Samurai. And okay, so you're you're ahead of me by one. One, yeah. So, but those, but we've got to keep in mind, and I'm so sorry it's for this. Not a contest. It's not a contest, and and we need to keep in mind that we're only counting the legal movies were uh, that's at, right like the that's only right. the legal movie diary entries um that's right yeah anyway what are you times. looking at what are you looking at uh just letterbox i'm closing it out now no okay. i know but like i said i i i 
you won't see evidence of that on Letterboxd because right. I stopped keeping track after a while. Yeah. Uh, final chapter for you is like your fifth most watched one logged um, of all okay. time. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, that feels about right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so then, then certainly, actually, since 2008, it's the movie that's been on in my, in my nice. house more than any other movie, for sure. Would you say that this is your one Desert Island movie? Oh. <laughs> no, it's still okay. Back to the Future. Okay, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't argue with that. Um, yeah. It's gotta be Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. But it is, I, I thought about, I thought about what kind of these questions you would ask me today, <laughs> like, to, to, re- like, suss out my fandom and, yeah. and kind of get a gauge for it, I guess. I'm, I think I'm willing to say it's my favorite franchise. Okay. Or at least nice. favorite horror franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Huh. I don't know. I, I give a lot of props to the Dark Knight trilogy, but mm-hmm. um, have you finished your rewatch of that? By the way, or are you still in progress? No, no. I just did Batman Begins last okay. week. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do the Dark Knight tomorrow. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Yeah, but in terms of my love for a franchise, and when I say franchise, I mean the films and kind of everything else that comes with it. I'm, yeah. I'm obviously an avid collector of the toys. Mm-hmm. Oh, comic books, uh, yeah. books, uh, you know, video games. Um, it's it's one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite property. I love it. I'm wow. staring at like posters of it in my room right now. Action huh. figures. I have, wow. you know, I've met three or four of the guys who've played Jason. Like uh, right here above my office is a is a part eight mini poster signed by Kane Hodder, and over there I got another. Uh, um, publicity still, or maybe it's like a screen grab of CJ Graham who played in part six. I met him, talked to him about having kids and he did a little video for my kid. God, uh, you know, awesome. like if behind me up here is all of the NECA action figures. I, when we started this episode, Jeez. I had my Friday the 13th, uh, part four mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, um, not actually, interestingly enough, I don't have the whole series on VHS, but I have about five of them. Uh, and I, wow. I have them all on Blu-ray, you know, multiple copies of mm-hmm. a few of them, uh, depending on the type of Blu-ray or not Blu-ray, uh, DVD, <clears throat> excuse me, the type of DVD that's released. Um, yeah, my, my fandom, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a collector of all things as is, but, um, I, Friday the 13th is kind of one of those properties that I won't I won't skip if it's nice. there. I'm a that, sucker for it. And that's awesome. Like it's funny you said it's your favorite like IP. Like for me, I've said for years now that The Dark Tower is my like my favorite IP and everything. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and as much of a collector as I am, I don't have like that much in terms of Dark Tower like stuff i have some shirts and i have some funko pops for a movie that didn't exist weirdly enough um <laughs> and yeah. that's about it but and and i do have several copies of the books but yeah anyway um also that is not as culturally re- relevant as, yeah. or maybe uh, spider-man i love spider-man a lot too mm. nice uh oh just kind of a, a flash question um 
what so so like comic books like Friday the Thirteenth comic books. Mm-hmm. I know that is there is there's a decent amount of like like special crossover stuff like it like Jason versus the Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen Jason okay. versus the Ninja Turtles. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there there is a Freddy. There are two Freddy versus Jason comic okay. book. Freddy versus Jason versus Ash comic book series. Oh, nice. Okay. So, yeah. what is in in comic book like the comic book realm? What's your favorite uh, variation of of Jason in comic book form? Um. They did some Jason X comics that were kind of cool mm. and gory. They're, I'll say none of them are that great. Okay. H- horror comics are kind of difficult to pull off. Yeah. I feel like that, that might get me excommunicated from <laughs> either the horror or the comic community, but right. uh, ho- horror comics are kind of rare. I do like the Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, okay. um, but they're just okay. Mm. They're just okay. And this is going to be a totally baiting question. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if it's your favorite like franchise and, and everything, I would have thought it would have been Star Wars. <laughs> um, of, of the... In terms of your favorite of my, IP and everything. Matt, I, I've told you. I've told you. I don't know if I've told our podcast listeners. Mm. I'm hurt. I am hurt. Yeah. I am hurt by, I'm hurt by Star Wars. Yeah. Quick. I, that, that uh, that makes me sound like such a big baby, and I do apologize. And whatever, they're movies, and mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, in my life, it was Star Wars for a mm-hmm. long time. Um, but it has just not been handled with care, mm-hmm. really, in the last five years. And then, yeah. well, you could argue all the way back to two thousand five. Yeah. Um, at least not in a way that I. I'm interested in. Yeah. Well, the kind of the <laughs> the kind of sidetrack that I'm I'm guiding us down to is just a quick like brief like weird thing, but uh just for shits and giggles, I threw on The Mandalorian. And I know that you haven't mm-hmm. watched The Mandalorian and they just I have. Oh, I okay. watched the first season. Yeah. Oh, the first season entirely. Okay. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Okay. I think I can't even remember if I finished it. Yeah, honest. I I got like 5 episodes in. And then it's funny because like I got, I think the fourth or fifth episode is where he's defending the village, um, yeah. And like yeah. that, that was just incredible to me because one of my favorite, one of my and fifteen-year-old film snob Matt's favorite movies is Seven Samurai, <laughs> and like knowing that, like obviously. Lucas used a lot of like Kurosawa influence and like samurai like influence when he made Star Wars, but like seeing like an actual Star Wars property take such a clear inspiration and, and homage to Seven Samurai yeah, was like sure. like <laughs> like I remember when I was watching that episode when it aired, I was like like before it ended, I paused it and like I ordered the latest like blu-ray of seven samurai from the criterion collection because i hadn't upgraded it yet and i just bought it because i was like yeah this is going to make me want to watch seven samurai and get more into like revisiting samurai movies but anyway um i so i had heard like whispers about how oh the season premiere of mandalorian has some surprise or whatever in it and i was like you know as much as i am as much as i don't have a connection with the franchise with the with Star Wars itself 
I don't really want to get spoiled on it, so I wanted to go back and go back and watch the show. And like, I never finished the first season, so I started from the beginning of season one. And I, I mean, I've watched like three episodes, and I don't know if I'll hang with it or anything. But when I was watching it, um, <laughs> I kept thinking, like, the snarky side of me was like, you know, if the Mandalorian was all that Star Wars was, like, if the if that if like the Star Wars like juggernaut was only comprised of the Mandalorian and nothing like nothing else. I feel like I would be just fucking like inc- like crazy about it. Like, it, cause it's uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Cause for me, yeah. it's like, it's a really well constructed and entertaining show. Um, and also I would say that, um, in my opinion, granted, I haven't seen Firefly in a long time, but like, in my opinion, it does, what Firefly did in terms of melding Western and science fiction, uh, better than Firefly. Like, cause it, and that's maybe not fair cause it has the history and has the, it has the, like the massive, like, uh, uh, source. The world has been built. Yeah. But anyway, um, I don't know how to connect that with Friday the 13th. So how do you think yeah, what is that? Yeah. How do you think Jason would fare in a galaxy far far away? <laughs> I mean, he just wouldn't die. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. He does hate sand though. Oh yeah, well who doesn't really? Yeah. Um yeah. It's coarse, it gets everywhere. Um yeah. <laughs> Uh Yes. So what do you want to do? You want to go through each movie? Let's do that. I did have one question because you you haven't really sure. been able to dive into the box set itself proper yet, have you? I haven't. You're okay. you're you're revealing. It's not <laughs> that I haven't been able to to dive in, mm-hmm. um, kind of purposefully because my birthday is today. If you're listening, Friday the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to save a good chunk. So this weekend yeah. I'll I'll probably watch. Maybe I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Uh, six of them, five of them. Nice. nice. So, um, I watched. I just watched the first one over the summer on its 40th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So when I got the box set, yeah. uh, in October, I got the box set in September. But mm-hmm. in October, I did watch part two and part three. Yeah. Nice. Um, I watched all the movies and I went through and watched um a good amount of the special features. I haven't watched any of the commentaries or anything. Um I have not watched the 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 last like disc that's just bonus materials. Um mm-hmm. but I did want to ask you, do you cuz cuz <laughs> okay, I had this really absurd idea. So, do you think that like obviously this is an incredible box set. It's 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 incredible. Yeah. Do you think that it should have if possible included the Crystal Lake Memories documentary? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I wonder I yeah, I wonder what happened there. I wonder if it's a rights mm-hmm. thing. I wonder if it's too long. It's it's like four hours. Yeah. Maybe and- <laughs> maybe even longer than that. So I wonder if that is the issue. Maybe. But yes, I, I did think about that. And let me tell you about the, the ridiculous like idea that I had was I like I started thinking, like, you know, 
what if what if I buy that on Blu-ray, the Crystal Lake Memories Blu-ray, and I buy like a case, like like one of the oh like God. DVD like Blu-ray cases, and take the insert out of that bonus disc and put it in there, and like have it like have it be a special one where I can hold like four or five discs in it and stuff, but uh, just so I could have it all in one set. But I was like, I I think I found yeah. Why not do it? Well, the reason why not, and this is. <laughs> This is very much I think you'll really appreciate this is that the only the only like uh empty uh empty blu-ray boxes that I could find that would fit like all the discs that I would require in one cuz I still wanted to fit in the slipcase thing um the actual plastic of it was blue and not clear like these are so it would yeah. stick out too much which is ridiculous Can't because when I when I have it on the shelf, I have the back of like I have the discs actually pushed to the back of it, so it's totally an issue. Yeah, totally yep. an issue. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, there was a guy on on Twitter who I don't know if it was on Twitter, but I saw it on Twitter. He mm. was selling the box set. He said never watched, never opened. The only thing is, I want to keep the case for the part three disc. Huh. And his thing is, he wants part three on Blu-ray, but he wanted it for free <sighs> for, because they messed up that disc. So he's getting them to send the disc oh. by buying the set, and he's selling the rest of the set and keeping the case for Friday the 13th part three. Okay. Sure. That, I... That's some real cheapskate gamesmanship yeah oh yeah huh but whatever yeah um yeah so there are some defective discs in the set it's i haven't like i haven't encountered anything or anything but kudos to them for like doing a whole thing where they're they're gonna just send out replacement discs at the end of the month so but it's not anything too big in terms of the full set like i was able to watch all the movies um yeah so shall we go movie by movie let's do it okay so uh full um full disclosure i don't have any notes or anything so i'm gonna defer to you i'm going to hope that i'm gonna challenge your encyclopedic knowledge of the series (laughs) so if you want to i'll do my best (laughs) and also have google at the ready nice (laughs) All right, so if you want to introduce us to the first movie, and we can kind of talk about it. Okay. Uh, so Friday the 13th, obviously 1980, directed by Sean Cunningham and written uh, for hire or not. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to me talk about the rights issue before, you know why I made that sound. By Victor Miller. Um mm-hmm takes place at a camp in the northeastern part of uh, this country. It's mm-hmm. not they don't actually say where, but I think most people assume it was New Jersey mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, kind of looks looks like New Jersey. Uh, and it was uh, filmed in New Jersey. So I think that was kind of the mm-hmm. you can kind of assume it is. The rest of the movies uh, end up uh, part two is in uh, filmed in Connecticut. And then after that, they moved to California. So this one looks like New Jersey, uh, and we can call it New Jersey. Uh, I don't need to give a plot summary. If you're listening to this, right. you've seen the first movie. Um, but we have 
uh, Adrian King plays Alice, the main character. It's mm-hmm. a bunch of counselors. They go to camp. They're picked off one by one. We find out uh, at the end of the movie that is the mother of a boy named Jason who drowned in the lake, and she's taking her revenge upon them. Yes. To, uh, to kind of go back to what Matt, uh, kind of alluded to earlier, mm-hmm. uh, it's a direct and, 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 uh, Sean Cunningham has not been secretive about this. This mm-hmm. is public knowledge that he ripped off Halloween. In fact, he saw the movie Halloween and took out an ad, uh, in the papers for Friday the 13th, the scariest, uh, the scariest day of the year, the scariest movie <laughs> you will ever see. Just bought, bu- but just buying the title, sticking a pin in the wow. title before he even had a script, uh, and then decided to Literally, like you said, ape the formula mm-hmm. of Halloween, set it at camp, and uh, and see what's what. Yeah, um, and and to great effect too. Like that setting, I think part of what what really um, strikes me about it is that when you have Jason or Mrs. Voorhees killing people at a camp like there's something about the seclusion of that and the mm-hmm. the the kind of nature surrounding them in isolation that just works for me and i don't want to jump ahead but that's something that surprised me my my in that same respect i was surprised at my reaction to jason takes manhattan which we'll get to but yeah here in like the majority of these movies um for the most part the just the camp setting like that and it's weird because like i I never went to camp. I never had like a summer camp experience or anything. Like the closest thing I had was like a weekend, like uh, <laughs> a weekend FCA like camp thing. Nice. The okay. Fellowship of Christian. I went to athletes, yeah, right. which I was neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you uh, weren't into yeah. all three, any of those fellowship. Yes. Not good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to like a YMCA day camp, which was kind of like summers. I was like too old for a babysitter, but too Mm -hmm. young to just be on my own all summer. It was like Mm -hmm. fifth grade summers. Uh, and it was out in the woods. We, we hiked and, you know, played water games and stuff like that. Um, and so I definitely don't have that like, um, you know, New England vibe memory. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do think that there is something visceral about, um, there's something mythical about mm-hmm. summer camp yeah. and a camping setting. And, and like you've been camping. And like we said, neither of us have been to summer camp. Neither of us were right. counselors, but you mm-hmm. can feel it. And, and, um, much like Halloween evokes, the sense of ho- the Halloween, the movie evokes the sense of Halloween, the season. This yeah. feels like summer and it feels mm-hmm. like a camp and it feels like you're camping. Uh, and I, and I do love that so much. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That it's interesting. Cause like I, when, when it comes to Halloween and it's obviously impossible not to compare the movies or anything, but right. Halloween for me is the, uh, the way that it evokes that feeling of autumn in the Midwest, that is such a visceral thing yes. for me that it, it, it almost overshadows everything else in the movie for me in terms of just the, the, the hit of like, of like, uh, you know, 
the pleasure center of my brain to uh to to like have like that connection like the uh is it dopamine mm-hmm. yes okay um <laughs> i wasn't confident of that <laughs> So like the delivery of dopamine when I see Halloween and connect it to like the association I have with, with fall in the Midwest is so strong in that movie. And here, like you hit it on the head. Like it's, it evokes summer and outdoors summer experiences in a way that I don't think it's as, as visceral as Halloween's depiction of, of its season and everything. I agree with you. I agree with you. But it's still there, and I think, in my opinion, maybe the lack of the the lack of like heavy drama in the movies, like 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 superflu- superfluous um, character drama and everything, is like absent from the majority of these movies. Absolutely, yeah, and and I really latched onto that because it got me uh really just enjoying the ride and that's something i just really appreciated about these movies so yeah yeah and you know a compliment that you and i like to throw out is that the the setting or or you know a city that the movie is in is is it almost works as a character in the movie (laughs) that i don't think that does not apply here no no, i'm definitely not gonna say like Oh man, New Jersey just pops in this right. movie. It's definitely just a canvas, but it's a canvas mm-hmm. nonetheless. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um it's like funny. for like um so the head counselor or I guess the adult Steve mm-hmm. Christie played by Peter Bauer Brower. It, like when he's got his shirt off and just like a scarf tied around his neck and he's kind of sweaty. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, that guy looks like it's summer in yeah. 1979. Oh yeah. Doing kind of menial kind of tasks, if I remember right. correctly. Yes. Just like, yeah, like getting the camp ready. It's like that. Yes. It has such a tactile thing to the to the uh, effect to the setting and everything that it just works. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. It's so great. And as so, the series progresses, it, like the campfire aspect of it is is really good. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that's okay. I just I would be remiss if I didn't. Um, I think the two the two really essential ingredients, or I don't know if they're secret ingredients or real. Like if we're looking at what made this movie work, mm-hmm. I think it's two things. Number one, I think it's Tom Savini's gore effects. Yes, yes. I mean we we I mean splatter films had been around since 1974. Um, you know, popularized in 78 by Halloween, but this was kind of the. If like, you know, Psycho was the godfather, the grandfather of mm-hmm. the of slashers and and you know, Halloween was the was the the father of the modern slasher. Mm-hmm. This was like the cheerleader who who made slashers huh. popular. That's undeniable. You know what I mean? Yeah. As a ripoff of Halloween, this popularized the genre. Mm-hmm. You don't see April Fool's Day. You mm-hmm. don't see. Uh, why am I blanking on all the all the like different Terror movies? Train, but, Prom Night? <clears throat> yeah, right. Prom mm-hmm. Night. The the um, you know, just the various um, mm-hmm. hack and slash movies. Mm-hmm. You don't see them before this. Yeah. And I don't want to give too much credit. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Sean Cunningham is a is a it's is a hack artist for <laughs> sure, and he ripped off John Carpenter, who mm-hmm. whose work I think is true genius. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't get those unless we get this one kind of doing it, like kind of stealing the formula first, right? 
Um, and so, and really doing it with the best, the best gore effects in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, the other nod, I think, is Harry Manfredini's score. Yeah. Which is truly creepy. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> uh, this is so dumb, but I did a thing, like, I took a stupid Snapchat video of my cat, and, uh, I was trying to, I was trying to do the, thing or whatever. Yeah. But I would say, um, uh, uh, kitty, 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 pizza, pizza, pizza. Um, no. and she just looked at me like no. I was an idiot. Um, uh, no. So yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, stay tuned after the pre-recorded outro for a special, uh, clip of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's interesting. The, uh, the splatter effects and the gore, that is something like, okay. I wouldn't even say it's an elephant in the room or anything, but like there between us, like our, our, tastes, by the way, mm-hmm. if we gave 10 minutes to every movie, this would be, a, this would be two hours starting now. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. We can, we can work through it. We, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm so um, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. You. No, no, ahead, no, you're ahead, fine. You're fine. So yours and my tastes in horror has, have each, shifted and changed as we've known each other in my opinion like you mm-hmm. you are i i'll come out and say it, you are the most knowledgeable person when it comes to horror movies of anyone that i know oh thank you yeah and and that's like and that's that's amazing like i i kind of like i admire you for that <laughs> oh thanks yeah. that's awesome that um feel good for me though, I've I've felt myself drift away from the genre, not mm-hmm. for a lack of interest in it per se, but more that I've I've kind of gravitated more towards science fiction and and as a as my chosen genre and everything. But a part of that is that I do genuinely have this phobia of gore effects. Um, oh wow! Yeah, okay, like cool. I. I just, I, I'm very like, and I've always kind of been like this. Um, I'm very cautious of like seeing something that will gross me out or, or make me feel like uncomfortable. Like I can't, uh, like, uh, like I have some, I have some like, like, uh, triggers, like, uh, the Achilles tendon in a movie. Well, I, 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 it yeah. makes me just cringe so hard. Um, For anything sure. with teeth, nails, um, and I have never and will never see any of the human centipede movies because just the concept just, oh, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that to, uh, what I'm, what I'm getting at with that is that I am inherent, uh, in, uh, inherently hesitant to like dive into uh, the horror genre in, in a way that is as open and freewheeling as, as like true fans of the genre are and everything. Um, and so like a little piece of me was a little nervous about the gore in, in these movies, but something about, maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's dispelling my, uh, subconscious reticence and everything because like I had no problem with any of the gore in these movies and I was championing them so much. Like it was so much fun to watch these kids get just brutally killed. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, we should watch Intruder sometime. That's one of my favorite. Intruder. It's one of my favorite um 
I don't know why we should if you yeah. if you if you don't like them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh maybe we don't have to watch it, but it's mm-hmm. probably one of the better like all out gore fests. Okay. And I love it. I was... Yeah, they take like um like um like a ham saw, like they're like you're cutting meat. Okay, or something. like a deli slicer? Deli slicer, table saw kind of deal, mm-hmm. and slice a guy's head in half. Okay. Awesome. Okay. It's really I, good. I think I could. I think I could do that. Also, by yeah. the way, Scream that Factory is... Blu-ray. By the way, huh? Scream Factory Blu-ray. By the oh, way. Oh, nice. On that one. Um, also, uh, Compound Fractures can't can't do it. Oh I, yeah, I, that. Oh, those oh. Are um, I agree with you. Yeah. Also, it's the reason why I stopped watching the Saw movies at three. Like, I I didn't see the rest of the well, Saw movies. Three has the worst. Three has the worst kills of the whole franchise. The compound oh, yeah. fractures on the on the like twisty machine. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's brutal. Oh, yeah. that's brutal. Yep. And like they do his neck last, so it, he just is feeling it. Oh. So Friday so anyway. the Thirteenth Part Two. Yeah. Do you have any last thoughts on Part One? Um, no, I just really liked it, and um. Oh, and Kevin Bacon. He's in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Kevin Bacon's death scene. It was interesting because, like I, because like I said, I hadn't watched that movie in a very long time, and my memory of it was that I, like, I remembered the is it an arrow going up through like through his mm-hmm. throat? Yeah, he's from, laying back on the bed, and it yeah. comes up through and it comes out, kind of his lower neck, almost almost like the top of his chest. Yeah, and for some reason, my memory of it was that it was slow. Like I don't know why, but I had a memory that it was just very slow. And I was uh, like, I was kind of shocked when it was just, it was rough and, and very aggressive, like in a good yeah. way. I, I, I dug yeah. it. So, yeah. I like the trivia of like, so they, uh, Tom Savini was under the bed blowing a tube of blood up into it, mm-hmm. trying to get blood to kind of come out, but it didn't come out right away. And so he had to like blow harder and it like spurted a little more than they thought, which actually like to cooler effect. Okay. Like, that's a cool little like filmmaking. Like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> Uh, oh, the nice. other thing, to my knowledge, this movie establishes the Harbinger of Doom in Crazy Ralph. Ah, nice. You're all doomed. I did not, I did not remember You're or realize. You're going to blood, ain't you? <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize how, how close, uh, the Cabin in the Woods movie did that. Like, yeah. I didn't know how, ex- I didn't realize how exact that, uh, that, yes. um, homage was in that movie so that was that was a treat for sure yeah so part two tell us about friday the 13th part two well part one was so successful that uh while it was in theaters they decided that they were already going to make a part two uh so 1981 april 30th this one was actually filmed in connecticut Mm -hmm. uh and i think it still looks it still has that um, you know, Eastern New Jersey vibe that, yeah. that, you know, East Coast vibe to it, which I love so much. Mm-hmm. This one, um, has less like pedigree when it comes to like, uh, like names we know since then. Mm-hmm. Um, the, right? Like uh, Tom Savini kind of jumped ship. That's um, right. Sean S. Cunningham actually gave the directorial reins to Steve Miner, mm-hmm. uh, who did uh, direct uh, one of our favorites, Halloween H2O, but yeah. I think he's best known for Forever Young with Mel Gibson in 1992. So, wow. like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Steve Miner is the director, and the movie is 80, 
I want to say 80, 85 minutes. Long? 86 minutes. It's 80. Okay. Yeah. IMDb says 87. Mm. But, um, and it includes like a 10 minute recap of the first movie. That, okay. That is something that borderline infuriated me <laughs> as I was going it's through the shameful. set. Yeah. It's yeah. shameful. It's unforgivable. And I would, I would say, like, I can understand it seeing it in a theater a year after the previous one or two years after the yeah. previous one or whatever. But watching them like two a night over the course of a week, I was like, okay, just, just get, get, get to it. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I just I saw this stuff. So yeah, anyway. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I mean, I, uh, that, that's egregious. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we get to, uh, Alice, who was the survivor of the first mm-hmm. one. She is quickly, um, she basically, <clears throat> here's more trivia, um, had a, like a stalker incident of her own yes. between, like after the filming of the first one. So she kind of didn't really want to, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Expose she didn't want to encourage or? any of that, oh, okay. any of that behavior anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. so she kind of wanted out. So Amy yeah. Steele, uh, kind of takes the role of Ginny as our final girl. We get that final girl archetype. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Sta- I'm not giving credit to Friday 13th 2 right. or even part one as the, as the, the archetype mm-hmm. inventor. But, um, for what it's worth, this is one of my top three Friday the 13th movies. And it nice. does that favorite thing I was, I was mentioning earlier where, so at the beginning, I think this one even does a better job of like, setting up that it's counselors getting ready for kids to come. Right. And so he's like, (laughs) you know, he kind of does like, uh, almost like a brick Tamlin, like they can smell the menstruation. Like he's like the bear, you know, the bears will come ladies, the bears will come, which is like sexist, of course. Yeah. But anyway, the character Paul is like the head, the head counselor. And Mm. he, these people are here for the summer. Um, they meet Crazy Ralph. Alice kind of shows up late, and she's like, hey, I'm here, but I'm still cool. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, maybe you can put some of that child psychology uh, degree to work, which she does later on the movie, <laughs> of course. And so it establishes that they're counselors, which I love. Mm-hmm. But man, and then they sit around the campfire. That, and if these movies yeah. are anything, they're campfire stories. And so so I never went to summer camp. I didn't went to FCA mm-hmm. camp and everything. But I was a huge fan of Are You Afraid of the Dark and yeah, uh, yeah. the Midnight Society, of course. And Camp Anu- Camp Anawana. I, yes. Oh, Sleepy yeah. Sleepy Shorts. Yeah. So, like, something that I, I loved tracking when I, was wa- when I was going through the set was the evolution of what the Jason story is. Like, the first one is a mother avenging her son's death and punishing counselors because they weren't doing their job and everything. Then this one uh-huh. makes Jason Voorhees a campfire story. And then eventually we get into like it dips its toes into the supernatural into into uh, uh like <laughs> Carrie ripoff. <laughs> yeah, totally. We'll yeah. get there. But yeah. But here like I think that this iteration, this version of it where it's just this campfire story and the idea that Jason is this harbinger of death for uh, like uh, like it, it it's not as it's not as deeply defined to its credit but he's like this executioner of sinful 
acts. Like he, like he's, he's an executioner right. for people that are like these kids who are engaging in sinful acts. And right. totally. Yeah. And it's what I really appreciate and loved about it was that it's not like it's a moral thing. <laughs> it's just like these, these kids are doing this stuff and they're dying because of it. And it's not, it's just the senseless, senselessness of it. That's just, just really works well in this, in this context. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, uh, once again, Harry Manfredini does the score and I think the mm-hmm. score really soars above the movie. It's so, it's so good and it's so creepy. Yeah. And there's a moment, um, for what it's worth, where kind of to- in the climax where, uh, Ginny, the main character is running from Jason, mm-hmm. uh, Jason who has a, a sack over his head and like overalls and a, yeah. he doesn't have a mask yet. Um, she kind of like finds Jason's shack and takes a breather yes. in it. And mm-hmm. the st- there is no score. The score mm-hmm. drops out. So it's silence, but for her panting. And then you see through the window, they don't even do like a diopter. He's like mm-hmm. out of frame. Uh, he's like out of focus. Mm-hmm. And you just see this wild man mm-hmm. with a hood on trampsing through the, through the woods. And would you dare call him a shape? What's that? Would you dare call him a shape? He's a shape. <laughs> yeah. He's just a shape of evil. Mm-hmm. He's a shape of evil. <laughs> the blackest eye. And you can only too. see one eye, but it's the blackest eye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I was just making sure yeah. we got to the, we, we found a good place to go. <clears throat> oh, God. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I, that scene, I, it takes a, a whole lot, mm-hmm. especially out of these movies, which I've seen, uh, so many times. Yeah. You, Baker's dozens of times. Yeah. I um, was really struck by the set design of that shack setting. Like, that was just so yeah. creepy and unsettling in a way that I wasn't anticipating it to be. Like, I wasn't expecting right. that. And I just, I really, I really think that in a movie that was already entertaining and like kind of that fun, gory, fun slasher thing to, almost transition into just this really eerie and unsettling kind of setting was just like, it just worked so well for me in my viewing of it. Yeah. Those campfire stories. What does it look like that nightmare that you're talking about? Yeah. And that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. That's kind of awesome. Yep. Um, if we're doing a few bugaboos, probably my biggest bugaboo is, um, the 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 wheelchair bound character. Yeah, there's the scene where he dies. I, I think his name's Mark, mm-hmm. and it the camera acts as if he is Jason. The camera acts as if the camera is Jason, right? Okay, yeah. And so it'll go behind Mark, and he's slowly walking in, and then it'll cut to in front of Mark, and there's nobody behind Mark. And then it'll go behind, and it's just like, it shows both sides as if someone is walking behind him, but we can see behind him and Jason's not there. And then he gets chopped mm-hmm. from the front. It's just kind of a poorly edited, poorly constructed scene, but... Yeah, it didn't really register with me, but when I revisit it, I'm sure it'll stick out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's um, good. I I yeah. really like it. I think it's a legitimately creepy movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a like I kind of weight some of the other movies heavier because the mask I think is so iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's easy to overlook too. Yeah. But in terms of like filmmaking, it's it's uh, it's top three. It's pretty oh, yeah. good. Oh yeah. It's. 
I mean, it's, it's great. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. And it's one of those, I felt bad because when I watched it, it was, I didn't devote my full attention to it. So it's like one of a couple of the entries that I'm going to have to like prioritize revisiting. But, uh, just the, the atmosphere and the ambiance was just on point for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you played the game? Uh, okay. Yes. So I remember you, you were really into the game when it came out. And yes, and I, I drug my feet and I didn't, I didn't buy it, but it did, it did become a PlayStation plus free game for a month. And so like I added it to my library and I never got around to playing it. And then I played a little bit of it, um, when I was watching the movies in the set and like, I mean, like they just announced like the servers are going to be discontinued and everything yeah and like i i tried to do matchmaking and i couldn't find any games or anything so i just played with ai um it's fun it's it's a lot of fun but yeah yeah, yeah. it was yeah. definitely more fun with people i can I mean, only imagine <laughs> some of the some of the i mean frankly friends i made playing it and just nice. like you, i would go to bed with like stories from the nights of of playing it was awesome <laughs> but I, I don't know i i don't want to spend too much time talking about that <laughs> um but just the way they recre- recreated some of these sets yeah and it had been a while like obviously these are my white noise movies, mm-hmm. um, and so it had been a while since I sat down and like gave them my eyes and my attention and put my phone down yeah. um, and watched. And man, so Packenack Lodge is kind of the big, lo- like the camp area that they are in. Mm-hmm. It's so faithfully recreated in the game. It was like ah, oh, that's like I've played around those corners. It, it nice. was it was cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you, was there a, was it a, an NES game way, way, way mm-hmm. back in the day? Cause I, yeah. I remember that. I remember playing that vaguely and like not really. It's that. super terrible. Yeah. It's super yeah. terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's really bad. It's, it's almost unplayable. Yeah. Yeah. I remember not really being into it, but I do distinctly remember like the music or something or the sound in, in the game. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of like, 8-bit kind of, like, yes, version of right. it. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I yeah. have, um... It's over there. I have the Friday the 13th, like, the video game colored action figure. Oh, okay. So huh. it's got that purple and the blue, and when you mm-hmm. open the, the cover, it plays the theme song. Let me see if I can get it to play. Oh, that's Hold awesome. On. Okay. So I'm nervous. I hope it plays. If it if it doesn't, I'll be a little like the battery ran out. Here mm-hmm. we go. Oh man, not cool. That oh that like the nostalgia is like hitting me. Oh come on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's very cool. Nice. It's yep. the game. Uh, yeah, I love it. The game was terrible, but no, the yeah. action figure is cool. <laughs> nice. Final um, thoughts on part two? Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, I really liked it, and I, I really love the 
kind of folklore of it. Like this might be a good time to to bring it up in the in the special features. I I know that this document <laughs> this documentary thing was done like at some other time. It's not it's not like a new thing for this for the set, but that uh the like the kind of fake documentary about like the lore of Jason Voorhees and like yeah. it's so like it's super cheesy. It's it's really cheesy and over the top and everything, but Something about like that type of special feature and that type of uh kind of fake like not mockumentary but just fake documentary thing when in they the go universe. all in that way yeah, yeah it's it was so so satisfying to me i i really i got so much enjoyment out of that um, that's awesome, yeah, yeah, I've yet to watch that but i but mm-hmm. i but I will for sure nice so uh moving on to Friday the thirteenth. 3D part three part three 3D. Yeah, part three yeah not not three just called part three and it's it, it's in 3D okay so yes, if we're being if we're being specific here right so I went into this movie thinking like okay there are there are going to be some down entries in this set there's they're not going to be there I mean I'm I'm anticipating like vehemently not liking certain movies. And I loved part three. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. It, I, a lot of people don't. A lot of people think it's a significant drop off from two. And so I kind of like had that in my head. Mm-hmm. And as I was watching it again the other night, I was like, oh, this is, I mean, two is better. But yeah, man, it's not that big of a drop off. It Part three just <clears throat> takes like takes that fun campy tone and just leans into it with the 3d stuff. Like Mm I, I, I was cackling, not in a derisive way, not like derisively toward it, but I was like cackling, laughing and had to pause it because there is a, I think it's like 25 seconds, 25 seconds, almost half of a full minute of a dude with a (laughs) yo-yo. Just yeah. like doing the yo-yo in at the camera, just for the 3D yeah. effect, has no bearing at all to the story. Nothing. No. And no. I, it was it was so fun for me. <laughs> yeah. Because it reminded yeah. me of like those. It reminded me of like the when like ABC would do a 3D night, and mm-hmm. if, like you bought a TV guide, it yes. came with like red and blue glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. And so, like, Tim Allen, Tim the Tool Man, Taylor, would, like, put a rake through the... You know what I mean? Whoa. Yes. Yes. That's the level of quality. That's exactly what it's like. And mm-hmm. I, I I, just... I adored it. I, I had so much fun with that. Like, because I think part of it is that the movie... Um, and I'll give you a chance to properly introduce it, by the way. <laughs> I just realized. Sure. But... The movie, t- like the the franchise up to this point, has been like we've said, a sh- not a, like like a uh, a a counter or a reaction to Halloween, and even the ending of the first movie is a complete like just taken from Carrie 100%, and everything. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, and it's it's not it's not 
it's weird because I, I have this weird thing where I, I don't feel like it's egregious. I don't feel like it's it's offensive or anything or cheap. It's just it's what this franchise is and built upon. And sure. taking that and then going into part three, which is plays into this whole like, okay, we're going to do a 3D movie. So let's just do 3D. <laughs> like, let's let's just be as 3D as we can. And something about that just works and, and builds upon the kind of cheesy um, what otherwise would have been like, I don't have an answer for why I didn't, uh, why I didn't just like disagree with, with how like the movies are like, I, yeah, it's something about it just works for me. Yeah. So anyway, do, yeah, do you want to introduce it? I, I do think it's to the detriment of the film quality of it. Mm. It's okay. definitely not as crisp as part two looks, which sure. is funny because they moved to Los Angeles. They moved to California to film this one. So oh. the sets are more polished. Um, and the characters are a little more polished, especially mm-hmm. when they're on like the in the on the streets, like in the neighborhood when they yeah when they pick up um Chili and um what the other stoner's name yeah I can't Chuck, remember I think yeah Chuck and Chili mm-hmm. um like that looks like L A mm-hmm. and it and it just kind of looks polished but um oh so anyway Friday Thirteenth Part Three nineteen eighty two directed again by Steve Miner. They said, we loved part two so much. Take it again. <laughs> uh, and this one, again, we don't know what happened to Ginny from the second movie. Right. So just take her away, and uh, she is a survivor of the uh, of one of the Jason massacres. So this one, uh, the main character is Chris Higgins. And they go to, is it her family's farm, I guess? It's something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So this one holds a special place in my heart. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because it was the first one I saw all the way through. Okay. And I saw it on Halloween when I was a sophomore in high school. We went over to my friend Zach's house. Um, and it was like, there were four or five of us. And it was like, right after school, too mm-hmm. early to, I mean, we were too old to be trick-or-treating, but too right. early to gallivant about town, as sure. youngsters are wont to do. <laughs> and uh, th- it was on, and it, that was kind of a point in my life when I was pretty terrified of horror movies. Um, but they wanted to watch it, and I wanted to watch it. And we laughed and enjoyed, and it was it was great. I don't know that it necessarily sparked a love of horror okay. yet, um, but I was definitely interested after that. Like, I remember, nice. you know, when... Friday the 13th would be on, you know, marathons later on. Mm-hmm. I would be like, well, I saw three. I wonder if I could handle any more. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So. Huh. That's interesting because I had kind of a similar, and this is a tangent, and I'll be very, very brief, I promise. But That's okay. I had a similar experience with Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, like, I, oh, there was like a marathon or something, and like the third or fourth one was on. I, I think it was the fourth one um it was on and like i just watched it and like it, it, i just i vividly remember it because one of the kills um freddie had like a huge like q-tip that he killed one of the kids with or something but i just remember like that was like my inroad to you know that was like pre i think that may have been like pre no it would have been post um scream for me 
or maybe pre I don't know, but it was like I remember like my neighbor uh, like I, like my mom was telling my neighbor about me watching it and then he he had like a big box set of the movies and he was like, "Oh, here, here, borrow this and stuff." And I never watched. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so um yeah, part 3 is fun for the 3D. I I just I was so surprised how much I enjoyed that. So, one of the uh so Jason in that movie is played by Steve Dash. I think he was <laughs> one of I think he's the only Jason actor who is no longer with us. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then so Shelly, uh, iconic for uh, introducing the mask that Jason would pick mm-hmm. up and don for the rest of the series, is played by a guy named Larry Zerner, who has kind of been like the unofficial spokesman for like the legal case of the franchise. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, he's been kind of funny. He's an entertainment lawyer. Wow. Uh, and so he is not involved in the case at all, mm-hmm. but he will kind of tweet clarification and do podcasts kind of explaining um wow. what the that's when I give you my updates, I'm I'm basically just parroting Larry Zerner information. Wow. Huh. So, yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, something about I maybe I might be mixing some some characters because like there's always that goofy character that kind of prankster character it's a staple of the yeah. of the franchise something about him just it it bordered on too too over the top in a movie that's already super over the top um i feel like i'll probably get more appreciation out of it when i when i revisit him but like in in the the next or the next or the one after that there's those two uh, I, were they redneck characters? I don't know the the two like characters that were like all in, just super over the top. They they kind of uh, the biker gang. I don't know. It wasn't the biker gang. Are it you was, talking about the stoners? No, I'm talking about in in, in another movie in in like oh, four or five. Oh, okay. we'll get to that. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. But uh, yeah. So anyway, um, I enjoyed part three. <laughs> yeah, I compare uh Shelley to um. Franklin from the Texas Chainsaw 1974. Okay. Uh, they're very similar. Just mm-hmm. just kind of like curly-haired annoying mm-hmm. guys, like unattractive annoying guys. Yeah. Uh and I don't think Shelley's as annoying as Franklin is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um yeah, I don't love 3 as much as you do. And mm-hmm. I think a big thing for me is the characters like Chris and Rick as as the two leads are kind of boring to me. A lot of the sure. side characters don't have interesting don't have interesting stuff going on, but I will tell you, seeing him put on the mask and kind of run around, and mm-hmm. like when she gets into the car and he's coming down to chase the car, I just like I get fired up watching that. I was like, "That's nice. That's Jason." I, I like. I remember <laughs> seeing like the first Spider-Man movie and just okay. being so like feeling overcome by emotion that like Spider-Man is in a movie. Yeah. I can kind of do that when I see Jason early on, like. Like that's Jason, nice in that movie. I don't know. It's a cool. It's a cool feeling. I totally get that. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, part four. Yes, part four. The final and chapter. We'll, and and we're here at the end of the yes. series. We're here at the final <laughs> chapter. That's so bad. I every podcast ever has made that joke. Oh, have they? Yeah. But how bold of them to call it the final chapter? Yeah. What a yeah. dumb thing to do. Yeah. And it's what's crazy is it's not the last time. <laughs> um, totally yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. The final. Um, so anyway, 
What's that? Oh, I was just I was trying to remember which one it was, but Jason goes to hell the final Friday. But yeah. Anyway. Uh so this one is directed by Joseph Zito, um otherwise known for <laughs> the Prowler. I mean okay. like not really very well known. Prowler mm-hmm. is probably how he got the job. Um they waited a year to get this one, and mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I rem- I've heard why, but I think it was, I don't know, I, qu- just quality issues. They just wanted it to be better. Okay. Um, so Joseph Zito directed it, um, and then this is my favorite of the whole right. series, of the whole franchise. I think when you think of Friday the... Friday the 13th, this is kind of the quintessential. Like, if you could take the hockey mask and put it on Jason from part two, mm-hmm. it would be that. But other than that, ingredients-wise, this has kind of the best of everything else. Yeah. Characters you generally, genuinely care about, um, you know, Crispin Glover's character and his friend um, are are really good together. Um, I've seen people say like, even if you took out Jason, this will be a good coming of age story. And I don't agree with that. I think mm. that's giving it a little too much credit. Right. Um, but I think Corey Feldman is, is absolutely fantastic mm. in it. Um, you know, his sister is interesting. It, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's weird. Like I can't, I can't, um, point out specific moments about what I love about it. Like I can about two, mm-hmm. but because it's almost the most concentrated version of what Friday the 13th is. Yeah. It kind of feels, and and this is one of the ones that I didn't pay as close attention as I should have with it. So I'm a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little bit clumsy with this, I'm sure. But um, it feels like the kind of, um, I don't want to say culmination, but like it seems like they worked through what worked in the previous movies and just packaged them together into something that is like you said what Jason becomes in terms of the iconography. Mhm. But better yeah. than a lot of the stuff. Mhm. Yep. Um I don't know. I so dumb. This 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 one stop this one ends with Corey Feldman slashing at Jason, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah. Oh, so they brought. They also brought Tom Savini back. For oh this one, yes. Thinking that yes. it would be the final chapter, mm-hmm. they got Tom Savini to come back. So go ahead and say. What yes. You're gonna say. Oh, I was just going to make a stupid joke because he did that. Corey Feldman did that thing where he was premiering his documentary, The Two Corys, and I don't know if you've heard about this or seen the meme about it or anything, but like he did this whole thing where he had a live stream set up that he had people pay to get in and everything to, so to premiere this documentary that he was promising was going to expose like pedophilia in the entertainment industry and everything. And the th- kind of thing that went viral is that they tried to show it, but then they, they couldn't, they couldn't show it because quote unquote, the people that, you know, were, uh, kind of like the like the secret group of of people that are attacking them and everything were hacking them uh and preventing them from screening it yeah oh. which is a whole I feel so sad about Corey Feldman. Oh me too me too but 
there's this clip where he's where he's like talking to someone off stage and she's like yeah they they keep trying they're they're hacking us right now and they they're keep they keep preventing us from from showing it um we we thought we knew that oh. they were going to do this and yeah but Corey Feldman says and and it's this super like awkward and forced cringy like thing where he's like wow they're hacking us in real time that's what we've been seeing since the beginning of this and they've been clearing it and dealing with it but they keep coming back um they can't fight it off it's too strong wow holy crap they're hacking us in real time so there you go you know who it is how? Well, they would in like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, say this out loud. Hold on, wait, what did you just say? It's Wolfpack. They've been bragging that they're going to do this crap. I was hoping they were full of it because some, a lot of times they are. But I mean, I can name names right freaking now. I'm Susie, Shannon. I mean, it's all... And it's like, people. it's so, just so awkward and, and clear that it's like, okay, this was the plan probably (laughs) but it sucks that he was such a great child actor oh yeah kind of what has happened to him in adulthood and i and i know you know the difficult life he's had oh totally and i i tend to believe him you know obviously oh me too um, but at the end of this movie in my head i was like oh Corey feldman's hacking him in real time um that's the whole reason i (laughs) i went down that tangent um so yeah anyway yeah (laughs) um um yeah i don't know we're it kind of sucks because we're we're, not that we're running out of time but we're 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 only uh, we're about to be a third of the way through this thing (laughs) we're trying to get through so uh i'm not doing i'm I'm doing a bit of a disservice to my favorite one in the franchise Mm -hmm. but i really do i just love this one so much this one again gives me that other feeling of when i see jason I can I can go. Oh, this is Jason. The, another big memory I have from it is um, AMC Fear Fest when I was in college. Okay. Did uh, um, I can't remember if it was a commercial for their like hundred scariest moments or okay. for a Friday the Thirteenth marathon. But whatever it was, uh, Motion City soundtrack they used. This is for real in the commercial. Huh. Really. And so I rem- I have this distinct vision of different clips. And then Jason busts through the door and Motion City soundtrack is going, I've got a motion dripping out my pores and I, and he's like busting through the door. I was wow. like, I love that song. I love that movie. This is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Check huh. it out. Confirm that it's that song. I could yeah. be, I know that it's a Motion City soundtrack song, but it, it could be, um, yeah, I'll look into one. that. That's awesome because that is right in yeah. my wheelhouse. Obviously, right. Um, yeah. Funny, funny side note. Uh, Motion City soundtrack in terms of their merch, uh, they have uh, face masks that say "This is for real," which I thought that's nice. pretty. That's pretty clever. Nice. That's, um, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's one that I'll have to rewatch for sure. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. I do. Should we do part five? Yes, yes. I have All a right. Yeah. If you want to go ahead and run us through it. Yeah, I would love to. Part five is great. Part five is. Oh, what is part five? What is part five? <sighs> so, uh, part four did so well. They were like, never mind. We goofed. 
we're gonna we're gonna keep going, yeah. uh, but we're gonna call it a new beginning. And this is actually the second of the Tommy Jarvis right. uh, trilogy. Got a guy named Danny Steinman to direct it, um, and they couldn't get Corey Feldman back because he had signed on to do the Goonies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they got him to do a quick little, like that scene where he sees Jason in the rain as it goes. Apparently that's in his backyard. Oh, really? They had to fly out to him. Wow. And go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a cool thing. Um, so talking about my action figures, my, my NECA ultimate Jason action figures, they Mm. actually released, um, so there's the Roy figure from, from this movie, the, the main villain from this movie, Mm. but they also released Jason from the beginning of this movie where he's got worms coming out of his hockey mask. Oh, nice. And he, they give you a hand that's chopped here. To show, like, the damage from part four. That chop, uh, excuse me, I know you can't, uh, we're on a video call. Right. Between the middle and the ring finger, you know, down to the, down to the wrist. That's They awesome. give you that extra hand from there. So I, that's a, that's a special little mm-hmm. uh, extra one that I love, that I love a lot. Um, nice. a lot of people hate this one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's dirty. It's skeevy. It's coked out. Yeah. It's I don't know. What do uh, you think of it? So I it's kind of a mixed bag for me. I I I enjoyed it for what I enjoy the rest of the movies for. Just the gore and the slasher aspect of it. It's that is something like I know what I'm getting into. The right. kind of surprise element of it um that I mean I guess we're spoiling the movies but to kind of speak in vagueness, vague terms and everything, the kind of the twist of the movie essentially right, was something right. that was not on my radar. I had no idea that that was a thing and I kind of enjoyed it for that. Really? Did you think it was Jason? Yeah. Yeah. I just assumed. Yeah. Yeah. And then at, at a certain point, I don't remember. Dramatic, who- dramatic taken aback. Yeah. <laughs> that you, that you couldn't hear. Yes. Um, wow. Yeah. And maybe I just wasn't paying too close attention to the movie to, to really suss it out. But I, I man, I apologize. I don't mean to scoff. Oh, but no, I'm, no, no, I'm, no. I'm like, like I'm overestimating how much people know about. Right. These movies. Oh, I really thought totally. that it was common knowledge. Yeah, it probably is. I just, it's just hasn't been on my radar. And like, there's a point, I don't remember specifically what it is, but at about like probably two thirds of the way through the movie, I was thinking like, you know, it would be kind of neat if they made a movie <laughs> where they took an established slasher and made a copycat and didn't, didn't reveal it until the end of the movie. <laughs> what? And then that I, happened. I, uh, listen, I, there, I I can't stand smugness, and I can't mm-hmm. stand when somebody like uses uses like their information they have about a niche subject mm-hmm. to belittle you. Specifically, mm-hmm. I'm talking about when I moved to Indiana and knew nothing about trucks and and rednecks were like, "You don't know about trucks." Oh yeah, and I'm like, "Why would I know about trucks?" <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, just f- stop me if I'm doing this to you, mm-hmm. but I, I'm i surprised, I'm genuinely surprised that you didn't know 
that part five was an imposter Jason. Yeah. I, I, I that's it's, mind blown. It's one of those things that's where awesome. ordinarily I would say, oh, you know, I probably knew about it at some point and then just forgot about it. But I don't even remember forgetting about it. <laughs> He just put that's on that. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's so, so crazy. I, I kind of, like the movie itself, it's it's kind of, eh, it's, the movie around it is, isn't that good. Um, right. But right. that, I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. Like it wasn't like one of those things where it was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever or the best ending that they could have done. It was more like a, okay, they did something really different and unique and I applaud them for that. You know, I don't think this is the worst one. This is, in fact, this is far from the worst mm-hmm. one, and I think it has its charms. Yeah. Um, but th- it's kind. This is kind of like the the diametric opposite of part four. Mm-hmm. Like if you distilled what's so good about the first three and made a concentrated version, and you did it well, you get part four. Yeah. If you do it poorly, you get this movie. Mm-hmm. This is the dulled edge version of all, which is funny because it's probably the most gruesome and right. most mean spirited of the entire franchise. Totally. So, is this the one that ends with Tommy Jarvis in the hospital Putting on the mask? Yes. Yeah, and then never following up on that in any way. No, no. I wanted yeah, that's to, a mess too. Yeah, I wanted to ask you: Is this? Is this an example of parallel thinking? Because I don't know where the where the timing adds up, but or if it's a straight up ripoff of uh, Halloween. What was it? Five, I think. Oh, well, what about Halloween Five? Was it Halloween Five? Oh, that... just that Jamie. Yeah. Oh. Um. Well, this came before Halloween Five. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Interesting. Because I just got and, that vibe. And technically, that happened in Halloween 4, but right. it came before Halloween 4 as well. Halloween okay. 4 was 1988. Mm-hmm. So do you think that that influenced, in some way, someone like this? One they, or the other? Yeah. Probably. Hmm. Except that they didn't follow it up in part six. Right. Yeah. So there's a song yeah. by a guy, a singer, and his stage name is called Wolfie's Just Fine. Okay. And the song is called A New Beginning. And the lyrics go like this. The first time I saw you was on the screen at Sebastian's house. Back then, you were so much older than me, but now you're a child. Oh, I was wondering why you got naked when that boy started kissing you. I was disgusted, yet oddly excited. The feeling was completely new. It made you laugh when he kissed your breasts. I didn't get the joke. He got up a few minutes later and left you all alone. As you lay there in the forest, I pictured myself lying right next to you. You fell asleep. Someone approached. I figured it was your friend returning to you. You didn't have any time to move. We sat and watched as he murdered you. I thought it was safe. We wanted to play. Oh, brother, we should leave now. We were led astray. The pastor would say, oh, our sins shall find you out. I stood frozen desperately trying to make sense of it all. Your body lay motionless and your face was covered in blood. Wow. It goes on and on. It's a song about him watching Friday the 13th Part 5 for the first time. Huh. And that that feeling of feeling 
sexual for the first time because mm-hmm. she's naked and she laughs right. and he didn't get the joke, but then sees Jason, Jason, who we learn is, is Roy, yeah, murder her. And that blend of like fear and sex in a young boy's mind, seeing that type of movie for the first time, oh, he, go- he later on, he goes, as we made our way back home, I felt a shame I'd never known. As we made our way back home, I felt a pain I knew would grow. And as we made our way back home, I felt a shame. I didn't have any time to move. I fell in love as he murdered you. Holy shit, man. <laughs> it's so good, dude. Is... It's, pro- it's probably in my in my top five songs played this year. Wow. I'll send it to you. Yeah, and obviously, totally. I, I don't think we can play it on this podcast. No. But the song is called Wolfie's Just Fine. And the song is, uh, and the, and the, or the, the artist is called Wolfie's Just Fine, and the song is called A New Beginning. God, those lyrics, holy shit. From 2016. Yeah. That's, that's, that's some heavy stuff. I yeah. love that blend of, um, like looking at the, le- like childhood through the lens of being an adult mm-hmm. and maturity. That's oh, my, yeah. that's, I still haven't perfected that. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm striving for that, and I still can't find it. But oh yeah, oh man, that feeling of seeing a horror movie with a naked woman in it for mm-hmm. the first time, I just, I can relate so well to that feeling. Yeah, it's so that wow. Yeah, I mean, this is a whole other conversation we can have. Yeah, but like, yeah, I remember passing around because I had um, Scream. I had a copy of the script, like it, like they published the shooting script of it and, you know, had it published and everything. So like I bought Mm -hmm. a copy or my mom bought a copy for me. And like, I remember passing around, like, like showing my friends, like the scene where Sydney and, and Billy have sex and it's like, Oh, they're talking about the nipple and everything. Yeah. Um, man, that's wow. Wow. Yeah. Blended (laughs) with the fear of it is so, Oh, that's such a, yeah. That's so visceral. That's oh, yeah. so visceral to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so, yeah, so part Friday five. Friday <laughs> the 13th, part six. Yeah. <laughs> Jason lives. Yes. Um, man, I keep wanting to throw these, like, like big declarations mm-hmm. on these movies, but I think when pop culture thinks of what a Friday the 13th movie is, they think it's this. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, so Tom McLaughlin is the writer director. I'm pretty sure it's the only, uh, one in the series where the writer and the director are one and the same. Mm-hmm. And he definitely, he definitely, uh, leaned into the comedy on purpose. So, so it was intentional. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of follows up on the Tommy Jarvis story. They resurrect Jason. Um, and Jason gets back at it. It gives us zombie Jason or revenant Jason. Yeah. Um, and so he walks instead of runs. And I, I really love this movie. I <laughs> think just after watching part two a couple weeks ago, I think part two leapfrogged this one for me. Okay. Which I watched, which I actually watched this one over the summer mm-hmm. before the Blu-ray. That's the thing. Like, before they announced these Blu-rays, I had watched like four of them. <laughs> I wa- let's see. I watched part one. I watched part six. I did watch part five, and I watched Freddy versus Jason. Just this year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I. I and I last it. year, I watched the remake to do to do my re- my retrospective on yes. it. Bloody disgusting. So Which I'll put a link in the it, show notes. Like, 
Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah. So like before these the the Blu-ray collection, I just recently watched a lot of them. Yeah, but whatever. I love them. <laughs> what do you What do you think of Part Six? Man, okay. So Jason lives. I I remember just really, really, really loving this one and having just yeah. a freaking blast. Um, part of that I think is. Uh, wow. Okay. So in my, in my review, I said so far, it's my favorite in this, of the series. Um, would you call it your favorite now? Uh, probably. Yeah, I I think so. Um, so like my, like my little snippet, um, is I had so much fun with this so far. It's my favorite of the series, the most enjoyable and fun cast of characters in the series yet. Tommy's arc over three movies is fulfilling here, even if it completely ignores the closing seconds of part five. The kills are fun, and the focus on more suspense was good. Uh, this was a this is a hell of a bounce back after a new beginning. Um, so what I've been doing, kind of at my leisure, so not very, uh, um, so 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 not I'm I haven't been as diligent as I would like to be, <laughs> but um, I've been reviewing the uh, Universal Monsters movies like i have the box set of that from the old nice yeah from the 30s and 40s um really fun like that those are really good and and awesome but what i what it really stood out to me in jason lives is how it uh uses that like uses the like it 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 doesn't take Friday the 13th into universal monster territory, but it uses like, I mean, he's a reanimated corpse. He's Frankenstein's monster. (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is definitely the height of the popularity. Mm -hmm. Well, that's hard to say because I think it's one of the least successful of the entire franchise. Oh, it yeah. might be the least successful just in terms of box office. Uh, That's a shame. in, In terms of pop cultural capital, Mm-hmm. It's probably the the biggest. Like I yeah. say, I, I I think the lay person, this is the Jason they think of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's yeah. got like a utility belt. Yeah. Um, yeah. He they do. It's the first time where they kind of like linger on Jason as a uh, uh, universal monster mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. Right? It it kind of eschews the idea of the mythology, mm-hmm. but and and rather the myth is the films. So the 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 filmmaking is like, look, you guys have loved Jason for so long. Here's a movie for you about how cool Jason is. And so there's that yeah. scene where the RV turns over and he's mm-hmm. on top of it and it's getting and it's playing that the Alice Cooper song mm-hmm. and he's just standing there. It's the first time they they linger on Jason. Wow, right where yeah. you get what what filmic in filmmaking terms they would call a hero shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made. I mean, most people cared about the kills at this point. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't mean to throw a big phrase on it, but like right. this is the one that made Jason the main character. Yeah, I I totally totally get that. Um, yeah, and it was fun for me. <laughs> like I had a lot of it. Fun is. With it. Yeah, me too. I yeah. think this movie's a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one, it's the one I think you can show as much as I love part four. <laughs> it's the one I think you can show at a party. No context. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Cause it's like you said, it, it plays up the, the, like the, 
iconography of Jason in, 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 in an interesting way. Like you said, it puts the focus on Jason, not on the kills, not on the characters, not on the setting or anything. It's Jason's show. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I totally get that. Best line in the franchise. By the way, it's the only movie with, with actual kids in it at the camp. Right. Best line when the kid turns to the other kid and he goes, what did you want to be when you grew up? Because they're going to die. Oh, yes. Because he thinks they're going to be stabbed. Huh. By Jason. I, I don't know. I love the idea of him walking around. So, uh, uh, so that's CJ Graham, mm-hmm. by the way. In most of the movie, in the paintball scene, it's a different guy. They mm-hmm. didn't like how big he was. No. Um, and so they got CJ Graham instead. He is the guy I met and talked to, and he mm-hmm. did a video for Oscar. And Nice. I love him for that. That's awesome. Um... The new blood. The new blood. Okay. Can I? Can I? Can this? I say my joke? Do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I tweeted this, but up to this point, I thought that uh, I thought that I thought the I thought that the Friday the Thirteenth franchise was was really bringing the heat, but little did I know that Part Seven was about to get hotter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seven was about to get hotter. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. I'm with you all the way. No, That's pretty good. No, <laughs> no exaggeration. Every single time I was tweeting about the franchise, every single time I put in a disc of the movie, I was waiting to get to this movie so I could make that joke. <laughs> Here's where it gets interesting, mm-hmm. because as much as Kane Hodder is is the is the ambassador for the franchise, mm-hmm. and and that's not just me. That is, they've said that at conventions. Mm-hmm. And C.J. Graham, I again, I spoke to him in person, and I even told him he's my favorite portrayal of Jason. But he was like, "Well, Kane." is the ambassador for the series. He is the ambassador for Jason. And I do love that imposing figure and what he does with the character. Yeah. But hell if he's not in four of the worst of yeah. the franchise. And it's a shame. It's like when if you're if you're talking to a lay person, like uh, like I think about when my kid if my kids get interested in horror movies and Friday the 13th and they're like who like what do I need to know about this? And I'll and I'll feel obligated to tell them about Kane Hodder. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to get excited about these next four movies because they're bad. Right. This one is the most egregiously boring of the mm-hmm. whole franchise. Yeah, it's, it's not my least favorite, but it's so blunt. I I totally agree. And like what I said earlier with with when we were talking about part two is the the evolution of the franchise from being about a mother avenging her son to being a campfire story and just slowly getting to more and more like supernatural stuff. Like Jason lives, he's a reanimated corpse. And then here we yeah. have like a telekinetic teenager, like uh carry conduit basically. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you imagine going to the theater and seeing that and just being like, what the hell? Yeah. Happened? Yeah. I I was kind of on board with it for a little bit because I thought like oh this will be interesting like she he like there's someone who can match him and yeah. I kind of struggled with that cuz I was like okay there's someone who can match him but also 
that's not why I'm watching these movies. I don't want to see him get like right. it, like have a fight with someone who can match him save for another villain like Freddy versus Jason. But here it's like okay, it just it's it kind of feels like it went against the it it went close to too far against the kind of central ethos of the franchise for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. agree. And, and they bring in this interesting new way to fight Jason and they, they beat him by doing the same thing they did in part six. Yeah. That's so lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so legend has it <clears throat> that the, this one was the most harshly edited by the MPAA. Oh yeah. And that, there's, um, I mean, we'll never get an unedited version. If we were going to get a director's cut, it would have been in this box set. Mm-hmm. That that film apparently has been destroyed. Jeez. Um, but it's that most heavily edited one. And I wonder if, um, you know, if some of that gore was added back in, it, it would have helped the movie's case at all. Because, yeah. a, the, you know, if we could talk about a few feathers in its cap, mm-hmm. it's the most badass look of Jason. It's my favorite favorite and i think i keep talking about man i don't know why i'm so obsessed with like not just the cultural impact but like the cultural journey Mm -hmm. right well it's interesting yeah um i think this is so i'm i'm showing matt the the box of the parts of the the video game Mm -hmm. jason figure which is the cover of the video, the NES video game, mm-hmm. but the the Jason version there is the one from Part Seven. So for yeah. a long time, for most of my life, in fact, when I envisioned Jason, it was this version. Okay, and so this was kind of the popularized image of Jason. Mm-hmm. I think for me in the late eighties and then in the early nineties, growing up. Yeah. Um, and so he's a cool look, and when the mask comes off and you see his face, it's it's kind of the coolest. But um. Mm-hmm. Man, other than that, it's a it's a turd burglar. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a turd. Is sandwich. this the one with the? Is it a married couple or a mother and son? <laughs> comic relief characters. There's a scene with her in the kitchen and him, like on a yes four wheeler. I hate I hated them. <laughs> I yeah like that comic relief like it, it felt more like it felt like they were trying to go for the silliness of like part three or the silliness of some of the more sillier characters but they just went way too far with it and way too over the top and didn't match mm-hmm. just the tonal tonal shift to those characters versus the rest of the movie that like you said is pretty dry or pretty i don't know kind of dull it just it just didn't mesh well with me like at all yeah i'm with you yeah there's one scene maybe where the character maddie and she's just she's just a cannon fodder character Mm -hmm. she goes into like the barn or the shed and he's Mm kind of chasing after that's 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 one good like stock scene of the movie that i that i kind of enjoy also one of the uh one of the longest uh continuous uh burn stunts Oh yeah, in movie history was in that movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of good, kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so there's that part yeah. seven. Just if anything, super underwhelming and boring. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So all right, 
Get your I Love New York t-shirts ready. <laughs> yes. I love long boat rides and 15 minutes in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think you and I are on the same page on this one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me that much. You know, honestly, so, okay, why don't you go ahead and introduce it and give us a rundown of the, you know, everything, year yep. and all that. Uh, so, uh, 1989, Rob Heaton, also written by Rob Heaton. Okay, so I was wrong. Tom McLaughlin ah. is not the only one. So, Rob Heaton or Rob Hedden, I, I don't really know how to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. So it was released in 1989, and the intention was always to film more of it in Manhattan. He yeah. His script had a whole thing in Manhattan um, where he would just go to different areas it, you know, different boroughs in New York, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they just said no. Producers just said no. There wasn't any money for it. <sighs> so m- most of the city scenes are filmed in Toronto. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is filmed on a boat. And there was a brief on-location um, scene in Town Square. But other than that, yeah. it's it's not even really New York. And, you know, that's a shame Because, like, going into Jason Takes Manhattan, all I thought was, like, I I knew, like, in terms of, like, cultural awareness of the movie, like, I knew, okay, it's mostly him on a boat and a little bit of him in New York. Like, that's what it is. So I I was primed for it. I was was, um, prepared for that. But I kept thinking, like, if they had been able to do that, if they were able to have him be literally, like, in Manhattan the entire time. That would have yeah. been so just such such a such a sharp turn from what's come before and having this person who has operated um this entity who's operated in mostly like closed off isolated places be in Manhattan killing people like that is so appealing to me as an idea, but what yeah. we got was I was surprised that I actually enjoyed it it's not the best it's I mean, it's it's better than seven. Yeah, it's 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 solid, and I think that's because of the boat setting. Like, not only are these characters in this close quarters, confined space, and and uh, kind of separated from you know the like outside world and help and everything, they're a step far, a step further from from uh, from real world because they're on a boat, <laughs> and that just makes it a little bit more tense. And I thought the kills were pretty cool too. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think I think um the boat is interesting. I even think the characters are interesting mm-hmm. enough. And um yeah, when I think about what uh what setting it in Manhattan really could be, mm-hmm. I think of that scene in Halloween twenty eighteen where Michael just kills like four or five people just walking from house to house. Yeah. If you did that kind of thing, but it was set in Manhattan or or in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the city, but that he's still in the city, that's what I imagined it could be. Yeah. Where it was just going in and out of areas and city and, and you know, alleys and, and murdering people. Mm-hmm. That would have been so cool. And it's just not that. Yeah, yeah. But he kicks a boombox. <laughs> he does. He's also really gooey. Hmm. It's like covered in goo. Oh yeah. You notice that? How yeah. Goo he is. Mm. I will. Did say... you notice on these Blu-rays? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, what? Did you notice on these Blu-rays? Um, most of them are like reversible, like double-sided. 
Yeah, like the inside. So not part seven. Part seven actually just has uh, the a picture of Jason on the inside, mm-hmm. but our uh, and part eight also has a picture. I guess there was no alternative poster, but part nine. Should we go to part nine? Um, I was going to say real quick. Um, the the I will say that in Jason Takes Manhattan, the the boxing kill or the the uh the the fist fight, <laughs> and then he, right, yeah, the fist. <laughs> he just he just punches the kid, the guy's head off, and it flies right yep. into a dumpster. That was yeah, that was inspired. That was my favorite part of that movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's funny stuff. But um, and it's fine. Yeah, uh, Kane Hodder once again doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that brings us, Mike, to the, uh, Jason Goes oh, to Hell, the okay. legendary. Yes. Do I need to recount the um, story? Like, is this the time uh, to do that? Yeah, I guess so. If you want to, be, you can do it briefly. Okay. Um, so, okay, I, uh, can, Jason Goes can, to can Hell. I just say, can I just say? Can I just say that this is? You might say that this is a. A new line in the Jason franchise. That's good. In the Friday that's the Thirteenth. That's yeah. good. Uh, yeah. So not worth interrupting you for that. No, that's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. That's okay. So uh, Paramount Pictures, which owned all the Friday Thirteenth, produced all the Friday Thirteenth up to this point, was so lost so much confidence in the franchise, they just said screw it and sold the rights, and New Line Cinema bought them, and the idea was, hey. Now that we have Jason, or if we buy Jason, we could do some Freddy and or versus kind of mm-hmm. Jason thing in the future. Uh, but we got to mm-hmm. get there. So let's, so let's make a movie. So yeah, I mean, I could go, I could go ad nauseum about kind of the, the background of the making of this movie. Frankly, it's not very mm-hmm. good. So I don't want to, I don't want to give more attention right. to it than it deserves, but it's directed by Adam Marcus, yeah. who was like a director for hire, very young guy, uh, produced by Sean Hunting Cunningham. Uh, mm-hmm. and he kind of told Adam Marcus, you can do anything, just get him out of the mask. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so they did that. So the that, story goes in my life, <clears throat> this was my introduction. Yes, yes. This was my introduction to Jason. And, um, <laughs> so I went to, uh, Resurrection Catholic Academy in Chicago, Illinois. And when I was in first grade, my first grade and second grade class, like, w- there were two classes in one classroom, one teacher, because there were so few of us. Um, and so I had a second grader friend whose brother like rented Jason Goes to Hell for him in second grade. And I was mm-hmm. in first grade. Just, just ridiculous. <laughs> and so he would tell yeah. me like, he would tell me about kills and tell me, and he's like, you've got to come over and watch it. You're coming over to my house tonight to watch it. I was like, oh shoot. Okay. So I. Knew that I had to come up with some lie to tell my dad I couldn't say that I was going to watch a Jason movie. So I said, Dad, we're going to watch Snow White. I don't know why I picked Snow White. But we're going to go watch Snow White at <laughs> uh, at Anthony's house. He's like, all right, that's fine. But you got to take your brother. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> my younger brother, who if I was in first grade, he was in pre-K or preschool. So I take mm-hmm. him and we go. Jeez. And the movie starts, and I'm already, like, sick to my stomach at how scary it is. I'm like, oh, this is not mm-hmm. good. This is not good. So 
the FBI shows up and they shoot them all to pieces and whatever. And then they take them to the autopsy room and the the mm-hmm. doctor or the coroner takes Jason's heart and eats it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm out. I'm that's it. Mm-hmm. That's a wrap for me. So I mm-hmm. lied to my friend, Anthony. I was like, Oh, I forgot something across the street. I forgot something at the house. I hate to do this, but I got to go. Kevin, you stay here. I'll be back. And I didn't go back. <laughs> I didn't go back. Wow. And so I went home, and I don't remember what happened between that and bedtime. But I do know that my four-year-old brother, who is like my son's age now, which is crazy mm-hmm. to think about, watched yeah. the rest of Jason Goes to Hell. And so that <laughs> night, we're laying in bed, and I was kind of scared. And So the movie is about... Jason is is more like this deadite creature who can just crawl mm. from host to host uh and he he wants to get back in his original body that's kind of the crux of the movie it's a stupid fucking movie yeah and um <laughs> so i said i was like kevin he didn't say anything kevin i'm not kevin i was like what what kevin you're scaring me <laughs> i'm not kevin i'm jason and I was like, no! It was terrifying. Oh, that's crazy. But he was like, he had been possessed by Jason or something. It was it was mm-hmm. horrific. So that's that's, a, that's the best I can say about this movie. Yeah, that I was just going to say, that story is better than the movie. <laughs> it is. It is. I, um, it, it sucks because we're kind of winding down here and, and it's getting late and I'm running yeah. out of energy. And I, and I wish I could do more. Me too. But again, it's just not worth it. This movie is, is it's yeah. The pieces I, I do somewhat respect it for taking such a sharp turn. Yeah, like they tried something different. That's I I think that's okay. The finished product is just terrible. Um, one of the most egregious things about it is. The fact that it goes against that kind of that that kind of um, the idea of what Friday the Thirteenth is up to that point, it goes against it by like it, expanding the lore in a just really just unsatisfactory way. Yes, like right, you totally. need to you need to be killed by a Voorhees or resurrected by a Voorhees or something. It's like, I don't need any of that bullshit. No, like no. Jason works because he kills camper camp counselors and everything as punishment for sins that they're committing and everything. That is, that is the most emotion or most drive that I want out of Jason Voorhees. Totally. And to have a movie that is almost entirely and granted it's because of legal reasons, I'm sure have Jason Voorhees, the iconic Jason Voorhees, not be Jason Voorhees, not be the, not include the iconography of Jason Voorhees just doesn't, does not work at all. For I agree. Me. Right. Um, they yeah. kind of tease it at the beginning of the movie. They kind of do all the mm-hmm. standard, you know, she's a naked woman and she's in there in the shower yeah. and, you know, they're in the woods and, and yeah. you you get I, a nod that they know what's up, and then they just go, "Nah, forget it." I I do like that. That is what, <laughs> like in in kind of a campy and in this case, kind of derogatory way. I like that it's um that 
that it's it uses that lore. It uses what's established as like this is like the FBI and CIA's like method of capturing uh-huh. him is to contrive this situation which will summon him to kill someone. Right. Like that's that was the best I'll say is it was cute. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. But the next movie <laughs> in, in this new line of in this Jason new line Luke, of thinking. Yeah. So, um, yes, yes, this is, this is Jason X. And again, it's another new line, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's from 2002. And the idea is they still wanted to make, uh, Freddy versus Jason that was still coming. Mm -hmm. Um, but they, again, they just could not figure out how to get it done. Script issues. uh, I guess it's 2001. The Blu-ray says 2002. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, Yeah. yeah, that's weird. April, 2002. Anyway, hmm. excuse me. Um, did I get you? I got you. Yep, yep. <laughs> so they couldn't get it done. So they they quite literally had to make a placeholder Jason movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they thought, you know what? Let's send Jason to space. And I didn't see this movie. This was this was probably the last one that I saw of the whole franchise. By a couple years, actually. Um, I didn't wow. see this one probably until like 2012 or something like that. I put it off for a long okay. time. And, mm-hmm. um, cause all I had before that was the Crystal Lake memories, or not the Crystal Lake, from, but the, from Crystal Lake to Manhattan, the, the Paramount mm-hmm. box set. Um, and so I saw this and I remember thinking, this is, it's kind of like, clever and funny and it it knows what it's trying to be and i kind of appreciate it for that and then i watched it again a couple years later and i was like oh no i missed the mark on this it's just stupid it's yeah so i watched it for the first time this was one of the only ones that i'd seen before watching this box set um, I watched it in like 2014 or 2013, specifically because I was doing a, um, a series of like, like a, like a list or whatever on the website that was like, um, for Shocktober, I was doing like each day was a specific type of movie. Like, oh, I'm going to talk about some of my favorite zombie movies and examples of like possession movies and stuff. Right. And so I had space horror. And so I watched Jason X, thought it was just terrible like yes absolutely irredeemably bad i in in part of that was i was watching it out of context that was the only jason movie the only friday the 13th movie that i had seen uh with any kind of authority or whatever yeah so i thought it was terrible i still think it's bad i still think it is not a good movie and it is one of the worst in this franchise however <laughs> watching it now in 2020 after like like i've said before i don't remember if it was in this recording or not but my evolution as a movie fan has gravitated more towards science fiction i i enjoy that that is my genre of choice and this movie is not a good science fiction movie <laughs> um it's not a good jason movie it's not a good friday the 13th movie but there's something about that early 2000s kind of sci-fi channel wow. low budget space movie uh, yeah. aesthetic yeah that kind of works for me like it is it is cheesy it is just it's dumb um 
when like it is it has all the makings of a sci-fi channel original film um that that's my takeaway from it um when the android becomes super powered and fights fights jason like it's ugh, i i i could have done without that yeah, at all for sure however i will say the uh the kill where the first kill in space where he takes uh the woman's head and puts it in the um uh the liquid nitrogen uh, whatever it is nitrogen and smashes it like that i i loved that i thought that was really cool um but yeah i mean it's 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 one of those entries in the franchise that it's it has its merits but not something i would publicly admit <laughs> yeah yeah no like, i hear you yeah and i and i get it too that is one of the best kills in the whole thing um i do think mm. uber jason looks cool and i agree it even has I that agree. that sci-fi original charm to mm. it um but what yeah. i what i think is just unforgivable is like the humor that that yeah. thinks it's funny but like um Jokes that, like, the characters wouldn't even say. Like, when she's getting pulled out, and she's like, oh, this sucks on so many levels. That's funny for us. It's not funny for us. But the joke is for us. But she would not say that. Why would she say that? Yeah. Or, like, the guy falls onto the big screw and dies, and he goes, he's screwed. Nobody would say that. Not even... No. It's the the person's dead. Right. Also, like, it's it's the the humor is so contrived and just lifeless. Yeah. Um. It is. Yeah. I agree. It is. Um. Yep. It's my my second to least favorite. I don't know. Okay. I, I can't. I can't decide which is worse, this one or a new beginning. The boringness mm. of a new be- beginning really gets to me. So that might be second to worst. Uh, but Jason, yeah. I didn't mention it while we were doing Jason Goes to Hell. It's it's far and away easily my least favorite. Oh yeah, rated version or yeah. unrated version. I don't. It's just the worst of the whole franchise. That unrated version, that kill, the in kill the in tent, the tent. That yeah. One um, of the best kills, one of the <laughs> craziest kills of the whole franchise, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jason X, yeah, it, it is what it is. So that brings <laughs> us to 2003, yes. Freddy versus Jason. Now, yes. this is the only one I saw in theaters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow, I, also, I, saw the, the, uh... I saw the remake in theaters. I, yeah, sorry. Gotcha. Um, but this is directed by Ronnie Yu. Um, and so, like, before that, he had done Bride of Chucky mm-hmm. for his <laughs> for his horror cred. Uh, but, yeah, mm-hmm. this was, I mean, I don't think I need to, um, we can review this a little bit, but I don't think we need a whole lot of backstory here. I mean, this is the big, one of no. the biggest horror movies. I mean, it was, it, it pitted. The two biggest, um, you know, horror franchise characters against each other. It's just massive, mm-hmm. and it's a wrestling match, and it's awesome. I love Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. I'm losing my I, voice, too, I by have... the way, here. Can you hear me? <laughs> you what? Can you hear that, like, my voice is going out? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting there, too. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we can power through, I think. We we'll, can. We'll be done soon. Let's do it. I promise. Let's do it. Um, so Freddy versus Jason is is interesting to me because obviously it has all of that build up and that all like it going into it. I was kind of uh, I was looking forward to it. What I so I'll just read my blurb on Letterboxd. Sure. Uh, surprisingly, not bad. I really like the way the movie incorporates both legends. I kind of wish it did more to expand Freddy's use of Jason to help bring him, Freddy, back into his victim's consciousness. Uh, the movie has plenty of super fun gore effects and some cool kills throughout it. The, <laughs> the fighting between J-Man and Fred Dog, I'm sorry, no, 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 no. is fun, but suffers from the in- inevitable two indestructible people fighting one another without much pain or consequence issue. So, I I really think that I, I can't imagine how much fun it must have been. Well, okay, if you divorce yourself from the from the nerves that must have gone into putting these two mammoth uh, entities together into one movie, I can't imagine how much fun it would be to put those two, like two, like take two toys out of two separate sandboxes and put or toy boxes and put them together and uh, like on film like that like the possibilities are endless Uh um and i i do wish that it would have done more with like uh with with freddy's world and like did more like went more into um like why he's using jason and like like get a little bit more into the the dynamic and everything yeah um I will say that opening the opening moment of the movie that melds together the music from both franchises yes, into one. Yes. Super cool. It is. Really loved that. There's a lot yeah. of those little Easter eggs that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Um I agree with you. I agree with you that it they, they could have done more to blend the two worlds together. I think it's tough because it's definitely two different styles of world. And you had yeah. to, you had to give them a reason to fight each other at the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's where like some of that stuff that might have been cool to see gets the short shrift because you need to have this battle at the end. Um, the yeah. other thing I'll say is all of the new line movies like ignore continuity. Like they're not worried about mm-hmm. continuity anymore. And right. for the most part, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it here. This this one I'm absolutely mm-hmm. okay with. Um except in Jason Goes to Hell, um they act you know, they give that backstory like continuity matters. Uh and yeah. then Jason X, it doesn't so much do backstory, but it it I, I, I don't know. I just hate the way it 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 um it doesn't make him like campfire or legend or anything. It just forgets right. about everything that came before. He's not a ghost yeah. story. He's just, well, mm-hmm. some other stuff happened, but we're not going to acknowledge exactly what. Yeah. He's just a thing that happens. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it comes across as kind of uninspired, <clears throat> um, which is a shame. Yeah. So um, yeah. I saw this in theaters with my, with my then girlfriend, and I remember being terrified mm-hmm. of it. Uh, I wasn't big nice. in the horror yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember leaving the theater thinking, oh yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm in mm-hmm. now. So here's from the little blurb on the back of the box. Um, mm-hmm. two titans of terror going at it. Mano a machete, a machete, mano a machete, <laughs> which 
is the first one of very few instances of the correct meaning of mano a mano I have ever seen. Most people say huh. mano a mano, suggesting that it's man to man, right? Mano a mano. Huh. But it's actually ma- mm-hmm. hand to hand, right? We would go at it hand to hand. Oh. So mano is his glove, uh, machete. Huh. So hand to machete. Wow, that just blew my mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Huh. There's your English lesson for Wow. Nice. Although it's not English, but <laughs> there's your language <laughs> language lesson. Yeah, mano go. a mano. People say that all the time, and they th- I th- they think it means man to man. Maybe we could just yeah. talk this out, mano a mano. It's it's weird because I like I I always assume that too, but the, like the like uh, mnemonic device I'm in my head right now is manos hands of fate. Hands. Mano a mano. That that's uh-huh. yeah. Wow. Uh huh. That just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. So um, hand to machete. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, nice. Yeah, man. Maybe maybe we'll have to come back and. You know what? In six years, when my birthday's on a Friday thirteenth <laughs> again, we'll do nice. we'll do every movie. <laughs> individually, because nice. I feel like we're not giving enough credit. Because I'm I'm tired. You're tired. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I, I think it's fine. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have. To, uh, let me say this: I this obviously would have never happened, and probably can never happen. But I wish that there would have been like in an alternate world where instead of Freddy versus Jason, it was Jason versus Michael with Freddy pulling the strings. That would be like, cool too. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that that would be really interesting to see because we have these two characters who don't speak, and like. I, I think there's interesting stories to be told in that realm, but yeah, for I don't sure. know. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, all right. so seven years later, yes. uh, on February 13th, 2009, they released Friday the 13th, Platinum Dunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> excuse, me, excuse me, directed by Marcus Nispel, who also directed the Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. remake. Uh, this was the last time they've released a Friday the 13th movie. It has been, mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a little bit, it will be 11 years, 12 years, 12 Jeez. years since a Friday the 13th movie has come out. And this is what we got. Wow. Um, you can read my review and, uh, mm-hmm. Matt has posted the link and I re, mm-hmm. I actually really love this movie, uh, because yeah. it's a modern retelling. Nice. And they do it in that myth campfire style. They do. And so I, I saw this movie years and years ago. This is one of the like three that I saw previous to this box set. And I remember, I mean, to say I didn't like it is kind of a disservice because the reason I didn't like it was that I was an obnoxious early 20s kid who was like, oh, this is a remake of a classic movie that I haven't seen. Right. Uh, I'm going to hate it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that caveat aside, revisiting it now, I, I appreciate it. I, I do appreciate it. I, I do like the modernization of it, of, of it. Um, what I don't like my, the biggest gripe I have for this movie is that it again, does the thing that, I feel as a newcomer to this franchise. So if I'm speaking out of turn, let me know. But it breaks 
the idea of Jason by having him hold that one girl captive because he she looks like his mom. I I don't need Jason Voorhees to have any emotion or any kind of emotional ties or emotional conflict. That is something I do not need or want to see, mm-hmm. and I don't understand why they incorporated that into this movie. Mm-hmm. I get um, I get yeah. that that's a common complaint. I hear I hear that mm-hmm. all the time, and I don't know why. I don't have a good sol- I don't have a solid rebuttal for you, but it just doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. It's you, okay. you know, like if we can believe that he is about to murder Jenny, but she puts a sweater on and says, Jason, it's mother. And he stops. I, I, I mean, yeah. I can at least give them that he, <laughs> he would keep somebody captive. That, you know, that's, a, that is a very fair point like that. Yeah. Yeah. That honestly, that kind of makes me feel better about it. Um, <laughs> Good. I just fixed yeah. it for you then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, you're you know, yeah. you're not alone. That's a that's a super common complaint. But like I said, it mm. just never bothered me. There are other things yeah. that bother me. It it doesn't take place on a camp. They're not counselors. It's Yeah. Um it's so polished. There's so yeah. many unlikable characters. I mean, mm-hmm. There's a lot to there's a lot to dislike, but I, I really think there's a lot to like as well. Yeah. Um yeah, I ended up liking it a lot more than I expected when revisiting it without the aside from that one gripe. Yeah. I I was in for it. I enjoyed it. Good. Um So that's a crash course in the Friday the 13th <laughs> franchise. We did it. Um we did it. Uh quick question without going into all the legal stuff and everything uh-huh. what would you want to see in a new installment of the friday the 13th franchise like what's your dream project yeah i i hate to like pick something that's already there and just assume it would mm-hmm. be the best version <clears throat> but if i could give you kind of a summary of the nick antoska script mm-hmm. it's it treats jason as a revenant uh, Jason just walks back into the woods at the end of the movie. And I really think it needs to treat Jason as this, as a ghost story, right? And, and that to unleash him. So in, in the script, um, they go, it's like the day after summer camp has ended, it even shows a little bit of the kids and then they go. And then, so the camp counselors are like closing it down. It's like set in the eighties and it's really about these two brothers and you know, what they're, what they're going to do with the rest of their lives. You know, it's being on that cusp of the future and adulthood. Mm -hmm. And they go to this closed down camp across the lake. And they're like, well, you don't go there. That's, that's camp blood. That's where a bunch of murders took place. And they go and they're like, you know, I don't believe in this shit. Fuck Jason. Fuck Pamela. <laughs> and that essentially unleashes Jason, this ghost huh. figure to come and gets them. And there's a big, like, excuse me, daylight murder scene. Oh, it just obliterates ooh, okay. people. Um, there's somebody who like, who like bleeds out slowly and dies slowly. Um, oh shit. I just, okay. I would want, I, I don't want to, I, I'm not doing a good job of summarizing it because not only do I think you should read it by yourself, but some of the details mm. escape me at the moment. Sure. Um, but I think it, I want it to be back at a camp. 
I want there to really be counselors. Um, and I think focusing heavily on that myth and the campfire legend and don't, don't hang up so much on like having an ending or even a big, mm-hmm. like jump, like gotcha ending, just have mm-hmm. him survive and walk back into the woods. That's cool. That does sound pretty, pretty good. I, I like that idea of him as an entity that just exists and does his thing. Like, I, yeah, I, I like that. I'll have to read it. You will. P- um, uh, please do. I mean, yeah. I know that's hard to mm-hmm. get anybody to take suggestions, nah. but it's good. <laughs> you How do you, you made feel... it through the box set. You might as well. Yeah. How do you feel? And this will be the last thing, I promise. Sure. How do you feel about the kind of idea of him in the snow like i know that there's been a lot of talk oh, about I would that love it yeah that'd be mm-hmm. awesome i don't need it okay. like a lot of fans are like lusting mm-hmm. over it right now uh but it would be awesome i'm 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 all for nice. it yeah awesome for sure yeah well that is the scream factory box set and franchise review of friday the 13th friday the 13th we yes. did it we made it all the way through yes oh, we did so mike yes Patreon. Yeah. Tell us uh, about uh, As Good As It Gets Patreon page again. Give a quick rundown and uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, you can just search for As Good As It Gets on Patreon or patreon.com slash as good as it gets. And every month at the $3 level, we are putting out a new um, a new recording acoustic exclusive only on Patreon. You can't find it anywhere else unless you want to listen to a 45 second clip on my Instagram um, <laughs> of an acoustic song on our Patreon. That's at the $3 level. Uh, there's also a $1 level, which is just the you support us and you get the newsletter. But $3, you get a song, nice. one a month, and everything we've already put out too. Awesome. So yeah, check that out at patreon.com slash as good as it gets. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Also, I'll put a link to your um, very good uh, article about Friday the 13th. Oh, and thank the you. Remake and yeah, everything thank from you. Bloody Disgusting. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to go back and read that. Again, because when I read it when it was published, I didn't have the context of the franchise. Yeah, right, right. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm looking forward to checking that out cool. again. And, of course, uh, check that out uh, in the show notes of the episode. And also uh, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this bonus episode of The Obsessive Viewer. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought of, what, what you think of the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, of course, I'm at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. Mike is at I am Mike White on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, any last words, Mike? Just thanks for finally letting me do this episode. I'm sorry we, oh. our, our endurance <laughs> suffered here at the end. Uh, nah, today is my birthday. <laughs> if you're listening to this, yes. not recording today Happy, is not th- right. right now is not, but when you're listening, uh, <laughs> special episode. So I hope you like it. Cause this was, this was fun to do. I love Friday the 13th yes. so much. I think that's evident. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, uh, happy birthday Thanks, and man. I love you. Love you too. And yeah. And, uh, everyone listening tweet at Mike and tell him happy birthday. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of The Obsessive York. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.
And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Uh, did I? I think I probably shared this. I don't know. I know I tweeted it. Um, but like a distant cousin of mine, um, he commented on a post that I made which to to be frank I said like something like you know if you think Trump's behavior is okay then like this is un-American activity like he's he's not like this is this is like in direct conflict with what America is and like my distant cousin who I've it's met like, twice it's fascism he yeah, wants to be a fascist exactly dictator. exactly yeah um and he was like I love Trump and then like I like I was like okay so I replied and said I had like another post that I had like a long list of links that just of everything, like not every, everything that I could think of off the top of my head with backed with links to liberal media. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> liberal media. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, well here's a collection of links from another post that shows what kind of person he is. So good job supporting an incompetent racist. Um, uh, incompetent racist who uh, slanders dead and wounded soldiers and brags about sexual assault. Um, That's great. And then, like, while I was – yeah. And either while I typed that or after I posted it, he, like, sent another – like, he commented again and said, best president we've ever had. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> all right. And then the next morning I looked and he had blocked me. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, um, what is he – the, like people who don't realize how obvious they're being. That's the other thing. I I'm sure yeah. you saw the people responding on or the the one guy responding on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know the media yeah. doesn't call the dude. Recognize <sighs> how fucking obvious you are. You yeah. are so cliche. Mm-hmm. Don't be that. Don't Here's, be that. Yeah, Do people like, not realize how obvious they are sometimes? N- no, because in uh, what I've been thinking, that's I've been the education of- gap. That's the education gap that I'm talking about. Absolutely. The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer and at Obsessive Tiny. And follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike White, that's me, at R.A. Fekis and at Burger underscore Lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. 
For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! Kitty!